Attention, people of Earth. What's going Attention, on Attention, people of Earth. Do not be alarmed. Stand by for an important message. Stand by for an important message. And now, Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert. Oh, please let it be fantastic. Of course. Yes, yes, yes. It's rather good, isn't it? Hey, I'm just enjoying the show. Inconceivable. I can't take it anymore. There's no need for that attitude. Don't make me go to the larder and unseal a tin whoop ass. We came, we saw, we kicked it ass. How freaking cool is that shit? Wait. I reject your reality and substitute my own. Nice, right? I learned that one from you, guy. Bang it out. <laughs> we are going live. Yeah. Feel free to hang around for a while. Oh, God, this makes me happy. Live on all the internet's webs and tubes, it's Mike Check Radio with Adam Ebert. And we are live. Sorry about that. Having some minor technical difficulties as usual. Oh, wait a minute. Well, that's interesting. Okay, that might help. Uh, some weird stuff going on today. I can tell you that strange things are doing. Uh, but, uh, yeah, sorry about that, everyone. We are on the air, I think. Uh, still, still getting a little used to this new microphone, which is extremely hot. So we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to dial that down just a bit. We're gonna go down, go, we're gonna go down to, to eight, negative eight, I think. <laughs> Yes, uh, I did say it was a little overmodulated. Oh, oh, okay. Well, then I think as long as it's under nine thousand. No, yes. it is definitely over nine thousand. But we'll we'll see. I think that'll work. No, no, no. Let's try that. I think that's gonna work. Hello. Okay. Hi. Yeah. No. Curse these stupid fingers. All right. So yeah, I I don't know what's going on. It's just like everything's gone, gone cattywampus. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, you piece of shit computer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Kat's saying it's still a little overmodulated. Not as bad, but it's still a little over. Well, what, uh, something now. Hap- yeah, she's saying. Yeah, she's saying it's definitely better. But uh, hi, Adam. Hi. Uh, <laughs> I think we got I just, this. I just wanted to warn you, though. Uh, Miles and I in Port St. Lucie, Florida, uh, are having a big storm coming over our area. So if well, there's loose connection, you know, that will be the problem. You got okay. this. Yeah, great, because that's what they want to hear. <laughs> that's, what, uh, that's what our audience of one wants to hear is me ranting and raving on my own. <laughs> no, we have more than an audience of one. We have at least three people in the chat room. So hey, yeah, I'm hitting. I, we're peaking a lot, so I think we're we're gonna have to Skype. You know what? I think I know the I think I know the culprit because Skype decided, hey, let's update before right before the show. Duh. 
Uh, so let's see if that works. That might work. Oh. <laughs> it's just, it, it's one thing after another here, folks. Because now, hold on. Let me start this recording. There. Uh, long story short, hold on. I'm going to stop the recording. Well, I, I, <laughs> God damn machines. I don't know what the hell is going on. But I don't like it. So, we're going to have to try this just a bit. We're going to try this. I'm going to tone I'm going to tone down butt and up my mic and we're going to see if that makes makes a, a bit of a difference. And I think it is. It's, I could definitely start seeing stuff. All right. Uh, anyway, join me as always out of the great city of Port St. Lucie, Florida, where apparently it is raining cats and dogs and more cats. Miles Lagon, the GM Galaxy Master. Howdy! And also joining us out of the great city of Port St. Lucie, Florida, the Rogue DM Dungeon Master. Yes, and Michelle. according to the weather map, we're getting red and yellow clouds coming soon so it's uh, going to get I, even th nastier that's what we're getting on that's what butt is showing on recording levels too so my, my our, our, you know our butt is out of control this is ridiculous the lightning is supercharging the interwebs oh no it, 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 I'm telling you I got off at 245 still, come on it's like nothing wants to work right my mouse isn't working Okay. I can't even put stuff in my box. That's just that is just great. This is going really God damn it. This is just amazing radio, folks. My mouse isn't working. Come on. All right. Um, is everyone is everyone still there? No, I, I left. Well, yeah. <laughs> very funny. <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> Anywho, so tonight we're gonna be we're gonna it's gonna be fun um, because I've decided we're not gonna cover we'll we'll cover Schittler's insane speech next week because apparently. The right wing in America considers rape jokes funny. Um, oh yay! I, I'm gonna be honest. I don't see. I, I don't see Tester losing this race. I've lived in Montana for two years. They are the nicest, kindest people I've ever met. They do tend to vote Republican, but I, based on my personal experiences, I think it's largely because they actually buy into the, well, they just believe in personal freedom. You know, I mean, any person who looks who looks at the Republican Party critically will realize they don't believe in personal freedom. Well, but I think that they tend to be more independent and show, you know, and, and think that voting Republican is showing that. Okay. So I don't know. I don't see. I don't see them putting another Republican in the Senate. I think. I think that his attacks on Tester are gonna turn people off. Well, we can only hope. I mean, normally I would say yeah, but 
never fail to underestimate how stupid people can be sometimes in voting against their own self-interests. Oh, I know. I'm the hoping you're American, right. You know, the average American is stupid. I'll give you that any time. Okay. Prediction noted. Tester to win. Good. Well, you know, it's better than John who said he thinks that Tester's going to lose. No, I agree. I've also heard other predictions that Tester's going to win, but if... Uh, so I take it that this um, a, a opponent of Tester's said something really socially... Well, he's, uh, got, he's, got, he's got Schittler campaigning for him. That's not going to turn out well. You know, I'm telling you that you know the the as the economy starts to go into the shitter, Schittler is going to become more of a, a, of a liability than an asset. Well, I can only hope that his tariffs start to really kick ass. Oh, it is, and you know what? I'm going to be honest. I I said this on Facebook yesterday. I'm going to say it again. I don't feel anything for these people who are who are going to to be taken to the cleaners. I don't. They did this to themselves. Well, they they, yeah, they have, are, absolutely. They they did this to themselves and you know i i'm i'm happy that they're gonna get hurt i'm happy that they're gonna lose their farms i'm happy that they're gonna lose their livelihoods i'm happy that they're going to go bankrupt because you know what it's a good it's a good lesson pain is an excellent motivator the kick in the teeth as i often refer to it you know and don't come to begging motivate me. people yeah don't come begging me for help we warned you this would happen. We warned you. Now, what I really like is how the allies, well, I say allies, but the, the, the those that were targeted by these economic tariffs are specifically custom tailoring these tariffs to hit Trump's support areas. Yep, and I couldn't be happier. Like I said, that is let, awesome. the, let the morons suffer. Let them suffer. Let I mean, what, what's the name of the bourbon? Is it bourbon that, that they're targeting? <laughs> yeah, bourbon, whiskey. Yeah. And, and I yeah. mean, there's always there's always going to be people, and that's the thing is that this is a cult we're dealing with here. This is a cult, and the thing about a I cult know. is most people who are in a cult are too stupid to know they're in a cult. Yep. Lessons got to be learned the hard way, and even when a lot of them, like the the the, I don't know if it's factual or not, but you've heard about some of these employees of the Harley Davidson that still support Trump, saying, "Well, he had a hard decision to make, and we got to suffer for it." I don't know if that's fiction. I don't know if people are making that shit up just to try and say, "Oh yeah, the employees of Harley Davidson still strongly support Trump." I I don't know. But wow, if they do, they really have their heads really far up the. Uh, Kool-Aid. And I'm sorry for the mixed metaphor. Yeah, it's fine. We all, we all know that the average Trump supporter has their head way, way up their ass. And like I said, I just, I find it, on one hand, I, I'm not a big fan of human suffering. On the other, again, they did this to themselves, and they're not going to yep. learn. See, I think a lot of the reason why we're having these issues now is... They didn't learn their lesson from the first civil war because we said, oh, you know, yeah, you guys rebelled, you killed them, you know, you killed several, you know, you know, tens of thousands of your fellow Americans, but uh, you're a bunch of amiable, amiable lugs. We're going to let you back in, no strings attached. When what we should have done is said, no, we're going to basically, we're going to make, you know, take you back as colonies, and when we think you can handle being states with all the privileges, 
will consider readmitting you to the Unionist full states. And well, th that's not the way Lincoln did it. Eh, I mean, I'm just saying, that's that's my take. I, I think that, you know, you it's like dealing with a child. You have to punish the child. The only problem I would see in being so vindictive in that kind of a situation is you'd wind up with an apartheid situation where you have a second-class citizens that have to suffer and uh that 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 harbors resentment and uh they i know they're resent already us. resentful they, they, i know oh, that yeah. i understand your point but your action's not going to make them less resentful is my point it's not going to make them more they, they already resent <laughs> us they they already resent us they already hate us for no reason other than you know they hate the fact that we're smarter than them they hate the fact that we're better off than they are because we people like you and me decide we were going to make some of ourselves and get a college education and they resent that they resent that they buy into this dignity of working yourself to into an early grave bullshit that's the greatest con job ever perpetuated on the American people because everything go ahead everything that we earn for these companies work for it doesn't go to us it goes to the top no oh yeah Com the, the money is the biggest problem in our co politics you get you solve that problem everything else gets fixed everything money in politics is the problem yes we have racism in this country yes we have misogyny yes we have homophobia uh, yes absolutely but those are the marginals that the rich have to appease in order to get them to vote for their side to win enough votes to hold control. The moment you get money out of politics, all of those marginalized people go the shit away and the common, the common people will come together and elect people that are less, you know, they'll listen to the, what, tell us what you're doing instead of just, you know, listening to the propagandized message. I'm sorry, I'm ranting. But no, anyway. it's fine, but the, here's, the, here's the bitter truth. Any chance we had of getting money out of politics vanished when we lost the 2016 election. I don't think it vanished. I think it got delayed. No, I think it vanished. Because I, the, long, the, longer, the longer Citizens United is in play, the longer the, the judiciary is going to say, well, you know, this decision has been around for a while and we don't want to touch it because we might ignite a firestorm. So we're just going to leave it there, even though it clearly, it clearly goes against hundreds of years of First Amendment jurisprudence. I will agree with your statement that it will remain there longer. Yes. The, the current judiciary doesn't care about money in politics because if they had that sort of a framework in their mind they wouldn't want to be going after these older things that they're going to be going after once Kennedy gets replaced so you oh, know I, just, I, all they care about is their politics now so. I'm going to be honest I, I can guarantee you this uh, they're going to overreach <laughs> they, they're going to weigh, they're going to overreach and it's going to cost Chap them. Oops, sorry. It's going to cost them. And, you know, maybe not today. See, that's the thing is that they don't realize. You may not get it. Nothing may happen today. Chapter no 5. God fucking damn it. This piece of shit mouse. 
It may not happen today. It may not happen tomorrow. But it will eventually happen. You always get your comeuppance in the end. Always. It's a long game. I agree with that. And so I, I think eventually things will happen. I mean, there are, there are countries out there that have money removed out of politics. Like, for example, Britain. I think it is illegal to campaign for until, like, what, six weeks before the election, if I'm not mistaken? It's something like that. They don't do this bullshit like we do. You know, year-long campaign bullshit. No, no, no. You got six weeks to convince the voters to vote for your side. But because we have money in politics, all the, the media outlets are like, oh, you want to pay to help propagandize the voter? Step right up. We will serve you. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so this week was 4th of July, uh, the Independence Day. And there's something that we usually do, uh, you know, around this time, which <laughs> is because it's a common it's a common canard among the right wing that liberals don't hate America or don't love America. No, we don't. We, we don't hate America. Um, and, and it's totally untrue. You know, and, and I love playing this, this excerpt from Al Franken's book Lies and the Lying Liars that tell them because this is this perfectly encapsulates my point about that. Chapter 5. Loving America, the Al Franken way. (laughs) If you listen to a lot of conservatives, they'll tell you that the difference between them and us is that conservatives love America and liberals hate America. That we blame America first. That we're suspicious of patriotism and always think our country's in the wrong. As conservative radio and TV personality Sean Hannity says, we liberals, quote, train our children to criticize America, not celebrate it. They don't get it. We love America just as much as they do, but in a different way. You see, they love America the way a four-year-old loves her mommy. Liberals love America like grown-ups. To a four-year-old, everything mommy does is wonderful, and anyone who criticizes mommy is bad. Grown-up love means actually understanding what you love, taking the good with the bad, and helping your loved one grow. Love takes attention and work and is the best thing in the world. That's why we liberals want America to do the right thing. We know America is the hope of the world and we love it and want it to do well. We also want it to do good. When liberals look back on history, we we see things we're very proud of. And we also see some things which might have seemed like good ideas at the time but turned out to be mistakes. And some things we did, well... They were just bad. That doesn't keep us from loving our country. It's part of loving our country. It's called honesty. What do you think is more important to a loving relationship? Honesty or lies? Yeah. And as John, er, not John, Rob used to say, you know, Democrats, liberals, look at mommy and they're old enough and wise enough to realize mommy has a drinking problem. Maybe mommy needs to go into AA. Republicans, conservatives, look at mommy and they don't think anything is wrong even when she's beating the shit out of them. That's a fair point. I can't argue that. Damn right you can't. (laughs) You got me. 
So, you know, I love that clip. I love that clip. A good one. Yeah, it's a good book, too. Bill O'Reilly had a huge meltdown about that book at a book at a like one of those conferences people go to to talk about their books. Ooh, oh, did he now? Oh yeah, yeah. Frank. He had a meltdown about Franken's book. Yeah. Cool. Franken talks about it in the, in the book. <laughs> no, seriously. If you haven't read Lies and Lying Liars That Tell Them, you you need to. You really need to. It's a, it's a great book. He is such a devastatingly witty man, and that's why I still say I think we were too quick to 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 throw him out. Yeah, I have um, Rush Limbaugh is a big fat idiot. Oh, I yeah, need to I read, read that. that. I need to read and, that. And um, another <laughs> one. I don't remember the name of it off the hand. So, but yeah, they they are great books. The funny thing I remember reading about uh, what Al Franken said about writing uh, Rush Limbaugh as a big fat idiot was how depressed he got at realizing it would require him to listen to Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> yeah, no one deserves just that. So, just so he'd have some material to write about. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't. Very funny. Yeah, I, I couldn't. You know, I can barely handle the clips that we have. Uh, I could I could barely handle the clips that Media Matters puts up. I couldn't go through, you know, three hours of that shit a day, five days a week. Yeah, no argument there. All I know is that Rush Limbaugh is such a conceited man. He gave several cases of his book to a charity toy drive that I used to uh, help was, out. Was that the, the kids' book? No, this was his other. Um, actually, I think it may have been the kids' book. But yeah, what a who wants prick. to read a book by Rush Limbaugh? Yeah, <laughs> I would look. You guys all know I couldn't raise an earthworm, and yet even I am smart enough to know. Not to give that that sort of book to my my nephew. Well, the woman and I, the woman that ran the charity and I were good friends, and she said they just never cracked even cracked open the boxes once they realized what they were. Yeah, well, you know, I they could have given them out as as you know fire starters. <laughs> now, now, see, that's something I don't agree with. I would never burn a book. Period. Would never destroy a book on purpose. So you know, anyway, no matter how horrifying the book is, I would never do that. It, it, accidents happen. You're just standing there, and the book just slips from your hands into the fire. Oops! Darn! There goes Rush Limbaugh's latest book. Such a sh oh! I did it again. Oh! Curse these stupid fingers! That's three books. Okay. So we got something to talk about after the break? Yes. Excellent. Yes, it, yes. I'm, I'm well, will we be getting to Tom Cruise? I mean, Tim. Not Sorry. It's Cruise. Ted Cruise. What about Ted this, Cruise? Uh, the FEC violation he got unanimously convicted of? 
I yes. did not. This is news to me. Oh yeah! Oh my! My alert told me. Yeah. Well, it fits in with the with the Schadenfreude theme we're going with this. Week. Yes, it does. Yes, you know? it does. So yeah, I, I I'm okay with that. I I did not hear about this, and I was reading. I was reading the news at work. During break, frantically trying to cut audio. And of course, next weekend I have to work a full day again. <sighs> No rest, no, no rest for the wicked. Well, hopefully things are working out better for you at work. It's just, it, it's just exhausting. I haven't had a weekend off in, in about two months, you know, and it's it's just ridiculous because I see they think I don't see this. I see that the same associates get weekends off all the time and never have to ask for them. They get weak, you know, weakened off, weakened off, weakened off. I have to go to them and beg like a dog to get a fucking weekend off. I have to burn vacation time if I want a weekend off. But the, everyone else, they get weekends off all the time. Okay. Uh, quick, before we go to break, I just let me. I will just make the suggestion: you need to start a paper trail, or go back to and start making notes about this person has this weekend off. This person's, and you know, note. You need to see. You need to sh- set up the pattern so they can see it, because yeah. I had the same problem when I worked at Home Depot. Oh, hold on. And my uh, boss would schedule me. Go ahead. No, I just hit the wrong button, and it was. Oh, come on, this stupid fucking mouse! What is wrong? Yes, continue. Ba- so basically, what happened at Home Depot? The same damn thing happened, and I and it, and, it, and I didn't say anything. I was the good soldier for a long time. And then I, because I did want weekends off at certain times because there, you know, the, for, for whatever reason, maybe a, a gaming convention or I need to go out of town or, you know, whatever. So when I wanted that weekend, when I went to my boss, he felt so guilty about, you know, shafting me the way he did that I got my pick of weekends when I wanted. Well, and it's not like I'm now, asking for every weekend off. What I'm saying is that there are certain associates who get two weekends off a month and I haven't had a Sunday off. I wouldn't even, I don't even really care about Saturday as long as I'm home in time to do the show, but it'd be nice to have a Sunday off when we're going to be doing our games. So I don't have to, you know, so I can, so we can start early and actually get more start done. Recording the take, start, start recording this shit. Uh, uh-oh. I don't mean the show. I'm talking about your your schedules. No, well, th- when you said, I noticed that the backup recording hasn't been recording. <laughs> Trust me, I'm a professional. <laughs> <laughs> a professional? What? We don't know yet. But yeah, you are a professional. Oh. <laughs> Why? Thank you. I'm sorry. I had to bring out my inner John. Oh! <laughs> point to Michelle. <laughs> no, no point to Michelle. I overrule. I overrule that. Anyway, we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mike Check Radio with Adam Heber. Living proof that you don't have to be crazy to host this show, but it helps. <laughs> Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert at Indie Media Weekly Radio.
Hi, this is Adam Hebert of Mike Check Radio and Midnight Sun. Normally, we here at Indie Media Weekly would do these station IDs, but today we have a special guest. You're listening to Indie Media Weekly, and I'm Lex Lang. That's IndieMediaWeekly.com, extraterrestrial radio, all the power without the tower. Lights out, everybody. Every Sunday and Monday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, Indie Media Weekly presents the Sci-Fi Double Feature with two old-time radio shows from the science fiction and horror genre. The Sci-Fi Double Feature, every Sunday and Monday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly. Hi, I'm Tim Cormall, host of The Tim Cormall Show. And I'm Joe Santors, a co-host and head mechanic of The Clown Car Garage. Each week, our guests join a roundtable discussion of the political news of the week and peek into the GOP circus tent. And of course, no circus is complete without clowns. And each week, I inspect the clown car to see what obnoxious fumes they have been spreading all around the country. So join us each week. Admission is free, but just one word of caution. If you see the GOP clown car, get out of the way. They're terrible drivers. Hey, Joe, what was that? Uh, I think we just lost another clown car. Tune in for the Tim Coromall Show on Indie Media Weekly Radio, Mondays and Wednesdays at 8.30 a.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly Radio. IndieMediaWeekly.com Extraterrestrial radio, all the power without the tower. Indie Media Weekly Radio is proud to bring you the Thomas Jefferson Hour, a radio program that models civil discourse, critical thinking, and good citizenship. Join nationally acclaimed humanity scholar and award-winning first-person interpreter of Thomas Jefferson, Clay Jenkinson, for the Thomas Jefferson Hour, Tuesdays at 10 a.m., Sundays at 4 p.m. The Thomas Jefferson Hour on Indie Media Weekly Radio. Visit them at jeffersonhour.com. You're listening to Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert. Oh, well, he's very popular, Ed. The sportos, the motorheads, geeks, sluts, bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, dickheads. They all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert at Indie Media Weekly Radio. And we are back here on My Check Radio. Join me as always out of the great city of, uh, we'll send Missoula, Montana. Come back, John. It's time to come back. You've had your fun. Anyway, Port St. Lucie, Florida, the Rogue DM, Dungeon Master. That is me. Yes. yes. And so apparently you, your newest kitty, Loki, did something naughty this week? What? Oh. Uh, I, someone named after the Norse god of mischief did something naughty? Oh, yes. Um, you know, kitchens have shelves, and sometimes those shelves have area on top where you can store things. And, well, yeah. ours ours is a split-level kitchen, so it has an opening from the kitchen to the living room. So there's a big shelf up there that he loves to climb up and roam about. And he was roaming and looking and uh, poking his head into things, and he found this really cool metal box that had a lid on it. 
So he poked his head in that metal box, pushed the metal box off the shelf, and onto the ceramic countertop of my range. <laughs> Which put a golf ball size hole in the ceramic, shattered all but three the two burners that we can actually use until we get once we get the replacement. So $250 later, we have a replacement coming to us from Sears for the stovetop. Well, that's good. And yeah, that metal box was actually uh, a large turkey pan and a smaller roasting pan that was a little bit heavier that were up there just collecting dust and waiting for Thanksgiving. And now we can't store them there anymore. Yeah, sorry to hear that. Anyway, also joining us, yeah. the GM Galaxy <laughs> Master, the man, the, the man behind the amazing Karnak, Miles Lagan. Yeah, thank you. All right. <laughs> so, so I, I have a question. What, what what did you guys do? Where what did you guys do for the Second Civil War? Um, I just read other people's Civil War letters. I didn't do anything. Yeah, I I tried to get in touch with my inner war bride, but it didn't quite work out very well. So instead, I just kind of went swimming and watched the fireworks. <laughs> Well, uh, I took the liberty of because you know I love part part of Schadenfreude is making fun of mind-numbingly stupid people. Oh, and by the way, I don't know if you guys heard, Russia just lost at the World Cup, and I would hate it if that puts Putin in a bad mood and gives Schittler a poor evaluation at their meeting in Helsinki. Uh oh. No you one. You mean he didn't have all that. Ex- he didn't have all the extra security, you know, take out some kneecaps on the opposing teams. No, or, or, or I guess he ran out of polonium. Or, you know. <laughs> See, the thing is that, you know, he has a tell. He ha- Putin has a pattern of behavior. And yet, Schittler still goes to bed. It's like, okay, these reporters all had polonium in them. And that's kind of Putin's signature. But he doesn't believe Putin did it. Or when a former Russian spy almost dies and has Putin's favorite nerve agent in his system. Nope. It's, it's, it's just a coincidence. Tell me about the <laughs> rabbits again, George. I mean, it couldn't be more transparent. Anyway, so I took the liberty of writing a few letters to... Uh, to, uh, about, uh, you know, about, you know, about the Second Civil War. One of these three are going to be read on the Tim Cornwall show tomorrow by Joe Santorsa. I won't tell you Woo! which of them, so you gotta li- you gotta listen to find out. But um, so here's the first one I, I wrote: <clears> to <throat> General Pendleton, Supreme Commander of the United Patriot Forces, Sir, our command to wage psychological warfare on the Red Hat Army is going smoothly. Our first attempt involving the airdropping of article clippings from the New York Times and copies of the Constitution met with mixed results, largely due to lack of reading ability above the first grade level among the enemy. <laughs> However, our second attempt, where we cut off their access to Fox News and other right-wing outlets, and replaced it with a 24-7 stream of CNN, MSNBC, PBS, and the BBC, has met with great success, and we expect them to accept our demands for unconditional surrender by week's end, as their feeble trader minds can't handle truth and culture. Once that happens, we will resupply and rendezvous with the rest of our forces for the siege on D.C. so that we might remove the traitor. The orange traitor. Colonel Baker, 42nd Battalion, UPF. Nice. Yep. Love those letters. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, here's here's uh, This one was really hard. And you know what? Look, I write as a hobby, 
I, I, I'm, I'm not that great at it. I'm kind of incompetent at it. But the hardest thing I've ever done was write something this deliberately poorly spelled and poor, you know, with crappy grammar. <laughs> there you go. See, what you need to do is get on Facebook like I do every now and then. And when you pretend to be a right winger, it makes it more easy to pretend that you're spelling things wrong. Because when you spell things wrong intentionally, it, it really makes it funny. Yeah. You're trying to pretend to be on their side. But proceed. All right. So, <clears throat> my dearest Lurleen, it is a dark time at the front. We marched on Los Angeles to liberate, liberate it from these satanic liberals, expecting minor <laughs> resistance in the form of glitter bombs. To our horror, we were quickly beaten back by a force of handsome, muscular men. Some of us fell in battle, but more of us were captured, presumably to be converted to icky liberal gayness. <laughs> we fought back the friendly territory at Devin Nunez's estate, but we did not know that he was brown and accidentally revealed our location when, we, when our call to ICE was intercepted by the rebels. Tell our three-year-old daughter and my future wife, Roseanne Barr II, that I died as I lived, fighting for our beloved God Emperor Trump. Billy Bob <laughs> Joe Bob. Nice. Very nice. Uh, I love it. Nice. <laughs> I, and like I said, it was so hard to write that. Cause I'm like, oh, I could do this typo. And I could do this. And oh, that sentence is too grammatically correct. I gotta edit that. And Awesome. Awesome. I also write as a hobby, but mostly it's just to entertain Michelle. All right, and here here is the last yes. one that I wrote. <laughs> to Major B. Adass, United Patriot Forces, 112th Battalion. Sir, the siege on Benville has been a success, and we have captured the supply hub for the Red Hats known as the Walmart Home Office. It was heavily defended, but we only took minor casualties. The other side, however, was entirely wiped out, save for a single wounded man. He begged for mercy and help, and so he administered thoughts and prayers. Unfortunately, he died shortly after. We have sent his body and personal effects to his family, along with a letter expressing our condolences and regret. It is sad that they must suffer so, but they chose the war, not us. Our cause is righteous and just, and so we continue the fight. We will meet at the designated point once the area is thoroughly under Patriot control. Godspeed, Major. Captain S.H. Andalier. Nice. That is... I love those things. So much fun. I wonder how uh, Mr. Jones is handling things. Oh, and actually, I do... So, this whole Second Civil War thing... There, there's never going to be a Second... Look, if a Second Civil War happens, it's going to be because the Red Hats do something stupid. Yeah, it's, it's a shame you didn't have any of these that were low, enough, uh, low in word count to tweet. Because uh, Stephanie read a bunch of them on her show on Friday. Yeah, but I, you know, I... I, I, I I'm not good at the brevity. Yeah, I I, I understand. I understand. See, they are the very well written. They're lovely. That is the thing about Twitter. If you're stupid and you just talk in sound bites, Twitter is great for you. But if you're like me, not so much. Anyway, so Alex Jones, here he is talking about the looks like it's a war. Lizard people are gonna eat your balls. All these conservative movie stars had their like James Woods had their uh, <coughs> managers fire them on July 4th saying the war starts now, basically. And I explained in my video that it's a demarcation line. Like when they look back in history and debate, when did the first civil war really start? And then you, and you can debate that. 
over a few month period, but I'm gonna pause there. There's, there's that one I'm gonna pause there. No, no, you can't really debate that. It started when the South bombed Fort Sumter. Yeah, that is a that is a historical fact. There is no debate of that. It started. See, that's the thing is that the South had it bombed Fort Sumter. We probably wouldn't have tried. We probably wouldn't have fought to, to bring to take them back. Now you can debate reasons why the war started, but it started at Sumter. No, no, well, yeah, but we all know why the war was fought. It was fought over slavery. It specifically said in the in the Confederate Constitution that they were seceding because the North was hostile to slavery. Not debating that. But what I'm saying is that there is no debate about when the Civil War started because until they bombed until they bombed Fort Sumter Ron, uh, I almost said Ronald Reagan Abraham Lincoln was like just leave them alone they're gonna fuck up eventually and beg to come back in anyway and so they bombed Fort Sumter was like alright they can't be we can't let this happen so alright we're gonna we're gonna have to kick their inbred asses and that's what happened. We kicked your in- we kicked your inbred asses once, and we will do it again. Yeah, I just uh, we're gonna have more. I, I wish it wouldn't happen, but I'll make this prediction: we are gonna have more of these instances of people going into newspaper offices and gunning things down. There's not. This is not going to be an isolated incident. I'll make that prediction. It's gonna, ha- it, it, I, you know. I wish I could be the bearer of better news, but I just—it's gonna get worse before it gets better, people. Well, yeah, that's common sense. Yeah, when you almost put Ronald Reagan in there, you almost sounded like you know you were Rick Perry giving a speech on history. <laughs> and that would have been a bad thing. I'm glad you corrected yourself. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Uh, so let's see here. Back to uh, not Alex. a mistake if you catch it. Yeah. That one particular uh, kickoff where the South attacks that you know, northern base and then uh, Fort Sumter, dumbass. Off. The point is, people have to look back later and say, "What's the demarcation line?" Or when do you think you could say we went from a cold civil war, a soft civil war, a term I've been using for a year that now even the New York Times uses, to no, a hot civil don't. war? And I said, I believe with what Antifa's saying and the attacks on free space, people getting brutally attacked in Portland and many other areas and uh, Trump supporters getting attacked all over the place and calls for Barron to be kidnapped and murdered and burned down ice and ice people's houses getting attacked and bricks getting thrown through windows and all that stuff that we're going from a soft civil war uh, into a hotter civil war. You know, I'm sorry. I don't have sympathy if a red hat gets his ass whooped walking down the street. I I don't know I, where he's getting that. I have never heard anyone advocate for the kidnapping of Baron. No. Where's he getting that, that shit? That's a right wing lie. He's he's using somebody did say and it was in poor taste, but somebody did say that Baron should be taken away from his parents and put in a prison, and then there were some other bad comments after that. It was oh, a very okay. high-profile person on Twitter, but um, I don't remember exactly who it was, And Peter but it was Fonda. very... Peter okay, Fonda yeah, Peter Fonda. Said, Peter, Peter Fonda basically said, let's try ripping Baron away from Melania, toss him in a cage like an animal, and see how they react. He also said something worse than that, too. I, I don't think it was so, that bad. Yeah, but there was about ch- child or 
child rape or some, or some child abuse or that's something. That's what horrible. that's what the yeah. right wing said. That is not what he said. You oh, have to remember okay. You have to remember there, there's a difference between reality and what a right winger says. You have to always well, look. See, Here's, yeah, I didn't read the tweet, but I heard it on it was being what they were talking about on Stephanie Miller's show. So that was what concerned me. So, you have, you but have I like remember. Peter Fanda. I think he's funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love him. You have to remember that the, the the rule of political debate in this country is: How do you tell that a right winger is lying? Are their lips, lips moving? Are moving? Do they yeah. have a pulse? Can they fog a mirror? But he did apologize for it. He said it was vulgar, what he said. So Guess what? Vulgar is protected. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it is. You know. No, hey. he said, he said, ripped from his mother's arms and put in a cage with pedophiles. That is bad. That's not advocating child rape. Put in it, a cage in, it with pedophiles. It. it implies it. It's just as bad as... Trump implying all Mexicans are rapists. Now, you know, Adam, come on. If a right winger used yeah. implication, you'd be calling them out. So. Yes. But they all, everybody that's calling out for violence right now are on the right wing side. Yeah. And yeah. There, there, there's no cause for it ever to come to violence. I mean, there was a guy that was in one of the one of the rallies uh, that you know, not the rallies, one of the protests for the kids getting taken away from their parents. There, um, just this past weekend or so, um, that waved a gun in the crowd. He took a gun out of his pants or whatever and started waving it around in the crowd. I don't know where he got his license to carry a gun, or even if he had a license to carry a gun in Florida. Even if you have a concealed weapons permit, you do that shit and you are arrested and taken away. Good. That's the way it should be. If you're waving it in a crowd, because you're inciting violence at that point. And well, that's, that's basically that's basically a threat with a you know, a lethal weapon. At least when I took my concealed weapons permit, that was a known a very big no no. Even in a car, you can't raise your gun up and show it to somebody else who may be in the car next to you. Because that's considered a threat. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, yeah. So, first of all, he's talking about, uh, you know, the Second Civil War. Second of all, I don't know if you heard. So, uh, James Woods got dumped by his agent on the 4th of July. I heard about that. And that, yes, I you did know too. what? Good job on you. Fin Where's my applause? Hello? My applause <laughs> is missing. No, no. Good. No, 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 that's not... Oh, there it is. Are you talking about the... the, Yeah, the... um... Hold on. Because apparently when I... I, It says... Apparently it doesn't... This stupid thing doesn't understand the concept of... Alphabetize. (laughs) Alphabetize means... Alphabetical order, you stupid computer. Anyway, so... (laughs) James Woods agent, you know, and good on him. Good on him. Sorry, James Woods, you aren't entitled to representation. No. The guy guy finally said, I've had enough of your jackassery and assholery. Go away. And good on him. Plus the fact he hasn't been performing recently. There have been really no calls for him. Yeah, he does, like they said, a Family Guy episode every once in a while, or... Yeah. No one wants to hire him because he's an asshole. Yeah, 
maybe. Um, his yeah, his his demand has definitely gone down a lot, and he is a political nut. But I and do like his past for- performances, though. <laughs> that makes well, me feel look, bad. But uh, yeah, that's the know. thing is that I really look. Hercules was a hot mess. The, Her- the Disney version of Hercules, but I really enjoyed his take on on Hades. I really did. Oh yes. Um, I thought it was funny. I thought it was witty. I thought, you know, and I thought he did a great job. But the fact of the matter is, he is an asshole. Yes. Yeah, hey. no no debate. Have you ever seen the movie Vampires? No. Oh, I'm it's like, a very good movie. He was give you that. Wood Padre? <laughs> yes, that give you Wood Padre. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, I, I think it's uh, a Carpenter. I think Carpenter. Yes, it. John Carpenter. Yeah. yeah so it's it, it's a so, fun movie. The second yeah. one, nah. First one, yeah. great movie. But anyway, so he's saying that all these no, just one, James Woods, because again, he's an asshole. Yeah, if he makes it difficult to work with or you know to get along with his fellow uh, cast members, yeah, I have no problem. And his his demand was low. Uh, agent needs to drop dead. Wood. Sorry, from his uh, his stable, just like any other person who's you know got a profession. You get somebody that's not performing, you need to get rid of them. Yeah. Uh, but the sad thing is that now he's going to go on wingnut welfare, and he's going to say, "Well, this happened because of my politics." Blah 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 blah. Feel bad for me. Send me free money and. He'll get rewarded. Yeah. I mean, that's how it always works. Yeah. I mean, it, it's wingnut welfare. If, if if the right wing wants to send him money for doing nothing and just sitting around and complaining, more power to him. It's less they're donating to political campaigns. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Oh, and the fireworks are starting outside the house again. Yay! Don't you nuts know that it's, it's not three days later, you fucking yeah. morons. Well, this is Florida and the South, so we have idiots in our neighborhood. You you don't have fireworks going off in your neighborhood, Adam? Not now. Okay. Well, That's he nice. also has an hour before it starts getting dark. It's starting to get dark. Fair here, point. So. Fair point. Yep. It's starting to get dark. A little. Oh, and I found out last night that one of the shows on Geek and Sundry that I enjoy watching is getting canceled. Well, I mean, it's no big deal. I mean, they're just they apparently they want to try something new that isn't gather your party. Oh, I enjoy gather your party. Yeah, I mean, and the things that they're internet, they don't have to worry. You know, they don't have to worry about ratings. I can tell you that when I'm in the chat room on Friday nights, that the chat room. I mean, it's not as fast as Critical Role, but it's good volume. Yeah, I don't have enough time to get into those chat rooms and every other chat room. I just, you know, it's like... But they do have some great programming, though. Oh, yeah. All right. Here we go. We're going to be back after this for our number two and my trip. Oh, Kenny Pickle being at the bottom of the air. Oh, and by the way, if you, if you go see Ant-Man and the Wasp, you need to make sure to stay through the entire credit sequence. Once Miles is off call, we're going to see it. <laughs> But you have to stay through the entire time. We always what, do. What you will Especially see, if it's a Marvel movie. What you will see will blow your mind. It will change the Marvel Cinematic Universe. 
That's not a spoiler. Oh! Okay. That's not a spoiler. Cool. I mean, it sounds like a spoiler, but I promise you, it's not an actual spoiler. Does right. Deadpool actually release his cure for blindness? <laughs> <laughs> it's much, much better. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mike Check Radio with Adam Heber. That's the end of Act One. Intermission time. Go get some snacks. Mike Check Radio with Adam Heber at Indie Media Weekly Radio. And now, on with the show. Attention, people of Earth. What's going Attention, on there? people of Earth. Do not be alarmed. Stand by for an important message. Stand by for an important message. And now, Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert. Oh, please let it be fantastic. Of course. Yes, yes, yes. It's rather good, isn't it? Hey, I'm just enjoying the show. Inconceivable! I can't take it anymore! There's no need for that attitude. Don't make me go to the larder and unseal a tin of whoop ass. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass! How freaking cool is that shit? Great Scott! I reject your reality and substitute my own. Nice, right? I learned that one from you, guy. Bang it out. <laughs> we are going live. Yeah. Feel free to hang around for a while. Oh, God, this makes me happy. And we are back for hour number two here on Mike Check Radio. Joining me as always out of the great city of Port St. Lucie, Florida, the GM Galaxy Master, Mr. Miles Lagon. Hello, sir. Ah, hello. So, so when are you done with being on call for this turn? Uh, it ends at 7 a.m. Monday. Very good, very good. Wait, but then you have to go to work, right? Correct. But standby is when you cover things after work. I see. So then you'll probably go Monday night, then, to see Ant-Man and the Wasp. If Michelle insists, that is possible, but Monday nights are our um, ESO oh. nights. Right, I forgot about that. Ah. Michelle, do you insist? Michelle Legon, Port St. Lucie, Florida, the Rogue DM. Uh, I usually don't like going to movies on the weeknights. I like early in the morning. We we typically go like Saturday at like 10 in the morning. That's our preferred time. Fair enough. When most right. sane people are sleeping in. Right. Yeah, damn right I'm sane. All right, so back to the shot in Florida. Um, here, here's a pop quiz. What's the difference between me and Hugh Hewitt? Uh, let's see. Other um, than the fact that I apparently for, I forgot to eat my fudge sickle last night, and it's still in the bag, and it's completely melted. No. <laughs> um, you have a soul. Well, yeah. Well, I, okay. I, I think I know some people who would disagree with that. <laughs> oh. Um, you like anime? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. He's he's not cool enough to like anime. Um, you are uh, 
under the age of 40. Yeah, that is true. Um, you are not a employee of a major news channel or pretend news channel. No. Uh, well, I want to spoil it. I'm still on the air Saturday nights, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, okay, that. that yeah, that also is true. Anyway, here he is on his final Hugh Hewitt show. Oh, I'm just loving this. I'm basking in the glow in this shot in Florida. It's been great fun to bring interviews with high-profile newsmakers to you, and I will do more of it. And this brings me to an important programming note. This has been the last Hugh Hewitt show on MSNBC on Saturday mornings. I'm remaining on the network as a contributor. I'll appear as a guest on MSNBC shows, and I will continue as a guest on Meet the Press, and I will conduct more of these one-on-one -on -one interviews. It's been great fun to host this show, and I will see you on MSNBC again soon. Thank you for watching. Yeah, so he hasn't been fired, but I will say uh, he's basically been demoted. Excellent. I, I He's such a non-person to me, I don't even know who he is. Yeah, he's... He's an asshole, that's about all I can tell you. Oh, wow, okay. Fair point. Anywho, so yeah, there's that. He is no longer on the air Saturdays. Well, is he, is he like some sort of right wing, right wing guy like like Joe? Um, that guy's yeah, Joe, he's a right. He's, he's he's a right wing uh, morning schmo. Yeah, yeah, he's a right winger. Okay, I don't get MSNBC. What what what? I know, right? Liberal network, <laughs> my ass. Cat just said, wait, Hugh Hewitt is being pulled from the rotation? Rings bells and pops poppers. No, I mean, but it's like, okay, I get what you're, I get what you're going with this, Miles, because, like I said, the, the, according to the right wing, they're this horrible liberal network, and yet they had, they had known and proven racist Pat Buchanan on their payroll for what like 20 years <sighs> Joe Scarborough's yeah. been on their payroll for 20 years uh you know MSNBC was the place that gave Rush Limbaugh remember his short-lived TV show that he lost because he called Chelsea Clinton the White House dog that was MSNBC yeah, and yeah I but Joe, Joe, Joe Scarborough got better no well, one ever really, gets no. better but from being a Republican. He said he, he, said he got Well, the party left him, that's for sure. Anywho. So, yeah. I'm still on the air Saturdays. Kenny would not fire me. I say that with absolute confidence that Kenny would never even consider firing me. My, my okay. employment with this radio network could not be more safe. Like uh, carved in stone kind of thing? Yeah, it is, it is set in stone. I am bulletproof. <laughs> I, am the, I am the radio equivalent of Luke motherfucking Cage. Okay. Well, except not handsome, awesome. not super strong. All right, You're not nine vulnerable? Oh, yeah. I'm bulletproof, at least as far as this radio network is concerned. Think about it like this, okay? Um, K 
Kenny is the king of the seven realms, and I oh. am his hand. <gasps> oh. All right. Fair, I have a question. Yes. How, how much of the Game of Thrones have you actually watched? I, I, up to last season. Oh, wow. Okay. Good, good. You why, why, are you playing the poison me? No. I just... No. I was just well, curious. You seem kind of... You see kind of... Kind of... <laughs> shifty there, Miles. Should no, I be... I'm just wondering. Oh, yeah. And I am just looking at my collection of faces. <laughs> <coughs> so, here's some more Sean and Farida for you. Uh... We've we've covered this schmuck before, Steve Deese, as or as I call him, Dunce. He's one of those right wing Christians who basically wants to force you to live according to his religious beliefs. And again, look, if you want to be a Christian, if you don't believe abortion, if you don't believe in gay marriage, don't get gay married. If you don't believe in abortion, don't get abortion. But you do not have the your rights end where my nose begins. Yep. He doesn't believe that. He thinks that his religion gives him the right to push you around. And he got called out for it by, D by Dean Abadala. I love this guy. Oh, oh yes, I love Dean. He's he such good. a sweetie. And yes. you're going to love, uh, just wait till the end, you know, wait to the end. Because it, he, well, I can't spoil, but anyway, so here we go. Cut one. Decide what is moral in this country. Should it? Is that its role? Uh, it is deciding these things, Carol. It, it has been really for decades. And no, it is not its role. One of the misnomers, I think, in our culture is that we're too divisive. We're arguing too much. I think the exact opposite is true. I don't think we're really arguing at all. We're trolling each other on social media. We're retreating to the neutral corner of the cable news channel that gives us the confirmation bias we prefer. And then we're getting non-governmental agencies and non-governmental organizations and unelected judges, a bunch of people not accountable to voters, to impose by fiat our whims, our values, our mores on the whole rest of the country. And that's why this has become more divisive. We need more debate. We need more things decided at the election booth. We need more more things determined in the Hall of Congress and not at administrative agencies. We need more things determined by voters and not black-robed masters who don't face accountability to the American people. That is completely antithetical to what we just celebrated on July 4th. Go fuck yourself. The judiciary is a co-equal branch of government. If you don't like it, go to Saudi Arabia. There are certain judges. There was a judge in California that got voted out because he gave such a short sentence to a, I think it was a rapist. Well, then there was the, the swimming guy. I, that was him. Oh, okay, I thought that was California. That, didn't I say California? I thought you said Colorado. Nope. Michelle, did he say California or Colorado? I think we just... Um, I don't think so. I don't know. Wasn't paying attention. That makes Sorry, two I was of talking us. in chat. <laughs> that makes two of us. I'm off my Ritalin. I can't do. I can't juggle more than one ball. Okay, I'm well, a, I'll I'm, speak more slowly next time. I'm a bad juggler. All right, so here's cut to where uh, Dean goes at, starts going after. 
Well, it's interesting you say that because I just interviewed Justin Walker, who was, um, he clerked for both um, Justice Kennedy and Judge Brett Kavanaugh, which is one of uh, Mr. Trump's picks. And he described Judge Kavanaugh in these terms, said he was a big family man, he read his Bible every day, he was a strong Second Amendment, Second Amendment supporter, but Dean, he never once mentioned that he was an impartial interpreter of the U.S. Constitution. And that's a good point, Carolyn. I think the reality is now, and you laid it out really well, the stakes are really high in this country now going into this choice for the next Supreme Court justice. And there are people on the right who want to impose Christian Sharia law in this country. And what I mean by that is they want to turn the Bible to the law of our land. Mike Huckabee has literally said, literally said, you cannot change the Constitution, but you can change, you can't change the Bible, but you can change the Constitution to agree with the Bible. Rick Santorum has said that our laws must comport with the Bible. There are people who want to turn America into the Christian version of Saudi Arabia, and this Supreme Court pick might just let them do that. Yeah. That is 100% true. And I'm telling you, if the if it is if the pick is Brett Kavanaugh, the Democrats need to burn the fucker down. They need to pull all the stops and make sure this man does not get seated because if he gets seated, we will no longer have a president, we will have an emperor for life. I'm sorry, but if you read this man's work, you know, his decisions. I'm not talking about him. He's only one of nine. Roberts, it does not strike me as the kind that's going to let his legacy go down. His uh, legacy has already gone. He didn't care Look, about that when it came up. He upheld to- Obamacare. If he, if, if, if Roberts was as right wing as all the rest of them, it would have burned down too. He upheld, upheld Obamacare. He also voted to give, you know, give private businesses free speech rights, free religion, religious rights. He just said, eh, it's okay to discriminate against the gays. He's not that right wing, really. Okay. Maybe you're right. Maybe he won't side with Kavanaugh. But you do understand that it doesn't matter, for example, if, you know, who... (laughs) This guy is more of a... Roberts is more of a threat than you think, Miles. Because That's the true. thing the thing about the Chief Justice is that he's the guy who signs the opinions. So no, have you noticed who's been writing all these five four decisions? It's been the right wing. It's been the right wing the far right judges like Thomas and Alito. Alright. So if I that, think this is we're that doomed. Okay. Well then we are that if doomed. If Kavanaugh gets put on the Supreme Court, yes, we are doomed. We will cease being a functional democracy and we will basically be a dictatorship. Read this man's opinions. Read what he has actually put into legal documents. Because it is some scary shit. Basically, okay. he, basically, he says he argues in a paper that the president is is bullet, you know, legally bulletproof as long as he's in office. That the president is above the law. Okay. And you don't see that as a threat? No, I, I didn't say that. I'm not saying this guy is as bad as you say. 
I'm just saying he's one of nine. Yes, but the other Thank four you. are just are, as bad as are, he are, is. Are already as bad? Okay. Well, you know, then uh, if it's as bad as you say, then, you know, uh, here's, here's, my, here's a real bad, bad thing to consider. Democrats are out of power. That's it. They have no way to stop this. They don't. Filibuster's been done. They have the majority. And we still have, what, four months? Five to the election? You tell me how to stop them. I'm worried we may have to have a second revolution. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we, we debated that last week. Well, they're clearly not listening to the to the people. Oh, no. They are listening to the people, which is why they want to rush this guy through. They see the elections. They see the results of the special elections. They see the polls. They are listening, and they are doing everything they can to, un, to, to not let the, the, the people have their way. They are scrambling to insert judges to, because judges are lifetime appointments and they're trying to keep those positions so that they have power longer. Just tell They're listening. Mm-hmm. They're just doing the exact opposite. And, and, and people don't care. The American people don't care. Not enough. Like you said, that kick in the teeth is coming. The people who vote... Will it come in time? That's the question. The, the people who vote on the, on the Republican conservative side don't care. We do care. However, the people who haven't voted need to wait their asses up. That's mm-hmm. all I can say. Here, here's a little... Here's a, oh, oh, shit. Because you know me, I'm not going to get involved. I'm not going to get involved in this about the argument about the Supreme Court. There's nothing I can say that you and Miles have not said. Let's see here. I mean, this is a guy who basically says the president. I mean, he's a world class champion hypocrite. That's for sure. Um, because he 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 helped to impeach Clinton, tried to impeach Clinton, but he says. Presidents don't have to go to tr- go, don't have to go to court. They, they, you know, as long as they serve. The hypocrisy of the white ring is well established. Yeah, do as I say, not as I do. That's standard for for the conservative side. Can't vote for a uh, Supreme Court nominee during election year. Oh, look, it's an election year. We're going to vote Trump's uh, nominee in. Guaranteed, going to happen. Anyway, so here, here's uh, let's get back to this because we got to get to the 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 the. the big finale cut three so it's not about morality the supreme court decisions have an impact on cultural norms and i guess touch morality like when loving versus virginia 1967 said blacks and whites could get married there could be no laws to prevent that any longer that moved cultural norms forward in the country so to me it's less about morality it's about cultural norms what's acceptable in this country Mm -hmm. and what's not overturning gay marriage or getting rid of roe versus white saying women can't control their own bodies horrible change to cultural norms in this country Okay, cut four. 
do you, do you believe that's true? I mean, is there enough backbone, you know, in Congress, among our lawmakers, to really take a stand? And I'm just not talking about Democrats, but Republicans. Well, here's the thing. So I, I came on here um, to have an earnest conversation. I've been happily on here in the past, and we've had one. And you started with me, and I tried to have a conversation where we might get to a place of agreement. Right away, you go to Dean after me. He basically says people with my <laughs> worldview are, what do, you, what do you call us, Christian, Christian Saudi Sharia. Arabia? Christian yeah. Sharia, you, you, Christian yeah, yeah, Sharia law you, advocates, you did not exactly. push back on I'm not that. saying you, Steve. You did I'm not, not saying push you back are. on I don't that, know you. I mean, that's, that, that's I'm just not, a preposterous I statement. Where I cited Mike world, Huckabee and Rick Santorum. It was very what, specific. Wait, wait, Carol, let, did you ask me a question or did you talk to Dean? Oh, he's getting angry. Squeal, little piggy, squeal! Uh, he didn't like that, so he had to call out the unfairness. <laughs> Air quotes, being un unfairness. All right, cut five. Okay. No, no, Thank I you. asked Steve a question. So here's, so here's the thing. Here, here, here's the thing. Once you say certain things like that, that might be great for Dean's audience on SiriusXM of all people that already agree with him. And I can play this game, too. I can go cultural Marxist, and we can go back and forth with our quips and our trolls. Nothing gets accomplished. So right away, I made an attempt to have a higher-minded conversation. Instead, we go right to pro wrestling. Dean does his Bobby the Brain Heenan act, and we're off. And any attempt at having any sincerity whatsoever where there might be some common ground is already done. You guys in the media don't play referee when this stuff happens. And this is why a lot of conservatives like me don't come on shows like this, because we get set up to be foils. We get set up to be straw men. And here was an attempt where I tried to have a legitimate conversation, and it's already over, Carol. It's already okay, over. I, I, will, I will take your point. I should have pushed back at the Christian Sharia thing. What? and but. No, you shouldn't have. Yeah, you should have pushed back. This guy started no. calling names. No, the Christian Sharia thing was dead on. You can debate whether or not it's right. a Christian Sharia thing, but it's and, dead on. But Dean did not cite this guy as it. He cited Mike Huckabee, and he did not even mention this guy as being a Christian Shariaist. Yeah, he, at no point did Dean Abadala say he's one of them. But you guys got to remember that there is literally an entire website out there, rightwingwatch.org, that covers people like Steve Deese, who has in the past said that his religious beliefs should be the law of the land. Anyway, cut six, where things get really fun. Then, no, I've written just about a this for CNN. I don't know, but Dean does have strong views about this. And, and I've written and, about this for the Daily Beast. To me, uh -huh. Christian Sharia law, Steve, just so it's clear, Sharia in this context is simply shorthand for turning religious beliefs into the laws of the land. That's what they're about. I'm not going through the Bible and saying turning this or that. To me, that's what Sharia is in the Muslim world. Sharia is attempts here. That's all I'm saying. I'm not sure why you'd be upset unless you're advocating that. And I'm not suggesting you are. We don't want laws based on the Bible. Steve's, like, Steve's had enough. Steve's not used well, to people actually raising issues. I don't. That he doesn't agree with, apparently. This is America. We could have this conversation. It's ironic. He just said, we don't have conversations, and he walks away from a conversation. Well, I do think he felt put upon, and in fairness. He ran off crying like a little baby. He left the interview? Yeah, you giant pussy. 
Yeah, I could hear his mic being taken yeah, off the yeah. throne. You yep. big baby. <laughs> he fled the interview. He fled oh. the interview. He's fleeing the interview. He's fleeing the interview. You giant pussy. See, they don't want to debate. They no, want they don't. to preach. And that's all they do. They, they, they want they to say what told... they want to say and not have to have it contradicted at all. They want to be told they're a good, smart boy and get their pat on the head so they can feel smug and superior to liberals. And it doesn't work like that. He got owned. She had no argument against the turning Christian law and there should be a separate church. He had no argument against that. And fled the interview. Yep, he got owned. Oh, that's beautiful. He got totally owned and he ran away. He pussed out like a little baby. And it was beautiful. It was beautiful. I could hear the mic being pulled away from the cloth on his his shirt or whatever. I heard that. You could hear it. Oh, it was great. Oh, (laughs) whiny little baby boy. I'm sorry. Are, our sno- are, are we snowflakes too tough for you? Is the little baby gonna cry? Does he need a baba and a diapy change? Oh, that was great. <laughs> I, I have a kitten that has more fortitude than that guy. <laughs> yeah, Loki's badass. Yes, he is. And he's out to kill me. But that's another story. Wait, 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 wait. Loki's trying to kill you? Bad kitty. Yes, he is. (laughs) Are you absolutely sure? Well, you you saw the latest scratch mark. Well, I just, I always assumed kittens have trouble (laughs) controlling their claws. I mean. Yeah, but he aimed that pretty well. (laughs) Loki. That was was up. That was up the river instead of across. It was painful, and I actually had to to wrap that with a nice bandage to stop the bleeding. So, (laughs) he'll grow out of it. One can only hope. Cats are proof that if God exists, he's evil. What sort of evil genius would put razors inside something so cute and fluffy? Yeah, that and sharp little kitten teeth. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Alright, we're gonna go when we come back. Kenny Pick will be with us. Uh we got some great some great science stories, including one really you know, that's very shot in for the E. And uh the comic book world lost a legend last night. We'll talk about that as well. We'll be right back here on Mike Check Radio. You're listening to Mike Check Radio with Adam Heber. And I'm sure he's a nice guy, but I think he's like the thing. He only imitates human behavior. He's not actually human himself. Mike Check Radio with Adam Heber at Indie Media Weekly Radio. In the distance, 
trash are burning up that garbage. Somebody's looking for a fight. Old Frank's out hunting with his night scope. In the backwoods, quiet as a mouse. Lord knows, even in broad daylight. Terrestrial Radio, all the power without the tower. Stay with me and experience the glory of Plaid Sundays, two gigantic hours of grunge running from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern, here on Indie Media Weekly. Whether it's the distorted guitars or the emotive lyricism, few can deny the lasting influence of a genre that dressed down a generation. So turn it on and get inspired. It works for me, and I know that I'm not the only one. Plaid Sundays, only on Indie Media Weekly. Extraterrestrial Radio. All the power without the tower. Ciao. Sunday, 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 come on down to Southern Progressive Revival to hear the best and worst of Southern politics once again. We've got all brand new 2016 episodes for the low, low price of 100% free and tons of extras, including guests, rants, and flustered hosts and co-hosts. Think your credit ain't good enough? We don't care. Think you don't have nothing to hear since you ain't from the South? Well, that ain't right. You reckon that Yankee pick feller's got more class than us? Well, that might be true. But let's do this. Come listen to Southern Progressive Revival live every Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Indie Media Weekly. 
extraterrestrial radio, all the power without the tower. Come now, and we'll throw in a free pine tree air freshener. Wow! Get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. Listen to Paul's Memory Bank live every Monday from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern right here on Indie Media Weekly. Your DJ, Paul, will serve up a mix of classic rock, pop, and novelty music all tied together with a weekly theme. That's Paul's Memory Bank every Monday from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern exclusively on Indie Media Weekly. Extraterrestrial radio, all the power without the tower. You're listening to Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert. Look, I'm up to here with cool, okay? I am so amazingly cool. You could keep a side of meeting me for a month. I am so hip, I have difficulty seeing over my pelvis. Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert at Indie Media Weekly Radio. And we are back. Kenny Pick will be with us in just a second. He is running a few minutes late, but that is okay because I have the best help in the business. To wit, Miles Lagan out of Port St. Lucie, Florida. Yep, <laughs> I'm here. Appar- who is apparently channeling his inner Goofy. Garsh. And I'm glad. And Michelle, who is probably going to channel her inner inner Donald Duck. No, I'm just playing. Oh, no, I don't do a Donald Duck. But I am just thinking, I'm chopped liver. I get mentioned second after the men. All right, I understand. I alternate you two. Oh, my God. I alternate. And Michelle sets the hook and begins reeling in. You've been teaching her, haven't you? <laughs> I alternate. You should, have, you should have heard the female comment he made to the other half orc in the party today in our D and D game. Oh, and there were giggles all around for the women. How what? What did I say? No, Miles said something really fun. Uh, he, I'll, I'll, I'll explain. So, uh, in the game, me, I playing a half orc, and another half orc played by Shane. You know Shane, and he was playing a female half-orc druid. We went and we caught this girl, that uh, six-year-old that had escaped and was needing in need of rescue, but she had twisted her ankle. And so um, basically I told Shane, I said, well, looks like she's going to have to be carried. And since that's women's work, I'll let you handle it. <laughs> anyway, Michelle was yeah. laughing. Yeah, Joe was yeah. laughing. Yeah. Joe, our other female player, was laughing, and Shane was just like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny, actually. All right. There you go. Let's do this. Uh, so, but yeah. Can Adding Kenny Pick. I think Whoop. he's here. Kenny, are you there, sir? Yes. I- yeah, I'm here. So, so you just got back from Ant-Man and the Wasp and what I imagine was a lovely dinner with the Suze, the prettiest girl in Cleveland. Uh, yes, we went to a lovely Mexican restaurant. Well, that's good. I'm glad you enjoyed yourself. So, uh, was your mind blown? 
Uh, no, but I was pleasantly, uh, pleasantly surprised. Very I wouldn't, uh, it's, it, it takes a lot movie wise to, to blow my mind. I was just referring to that explosive final end credit scene. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I couldn't, you know, uh, my jaw is still on the floor at the theater. <laughs> but no, it was, a, it was, a, it was a good movie. I really enjoyed it. Um, and I will say that. I thought the Wasp got the the bulk of the action in this one. Would you agree with that, Kenny? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think it should have been called Wasp and Ant-Man. Yeah. Well, she, well, she should have. I mean, she was around way before, you know, Ant-Man was, so. Really? I didn't know that. I know they were married. Well, I know that the original Wasp and the original Ant-Man were married. No, I, I'm saying that the girl was around way before uh, what's his face uh, Rudd got hold of the suit. So, yeah, um, Hope, Hope Van Dyne, you know, has been a, a much more integral part of that the technology and everything. And Scott Lang is kind of a Johnny Come Lately. Yeah, but uh, no, I, I I really enjoyed it. So whenever you get a chance, guys, go see it. All right, so I don't know if you were listening. No, you were you were on the way home from dinner. So no, you weren't. Uh, you missed that Steve Dunt whatever that prick's name is he had a meltdown poor fella he he got mad at Dean Albadala ripped off his his radio his mic and stormed off he he literally fled the interview yes and you could hear I, it <laughs> yes I, I I saw I saw that video it was uh it was quite funny yes I'm trying to be civil, and you people are making fun of me. <laughs> oh, bye. You're making myself. Counter. Don't oh, wanna bye. be. Oh my god, that was just so great. So yeah, we've been doing a lot of shot in Florida tonight. Oh, I can imagine, and you know, uh, I don't think. Uh... I don't think it would be complete, you know. The, the we we need to fully, fully make fun of them uh, here. You Hello, know. darkness, my old friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great piece. Yeah. All right. Really um. So, continuing the shot in Florida, let us pivot to uh, science stack. Well, oh, if you'd no. like, I could help you set this up a little bit. Sorry. It's fine. No, it's fine. I just I was about to say this isn't the story that you think it is, <laughs> but uh, you know you were going a different direction. Um. All right. Uh. So the story headline is lions dismember suspected rhino poachers in South Africa. <laughs> yes. Go lions! Go lions! Go go lions! <laughs> I love it. Oh, On Tuesday too bad night, there weren't any Eric and uh, yeah, Donnie Junior boots. Yep. Yeah. Uh, On Tuesday night, Rangers at the Sibuya Game Reserve in Kenton on Sea, South Africa, stumbled upon the dismembered remains of a human man inside their lion camp. Scattered nearby were a hunting rifle with a silencer, wire cutters, and a long axe. Because those are items that non-poachers would have, you know. Can I just I always, I never go anywhere without my wire cutters and axe. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. 
so you know I, I'm sure they were just it was just perfectly innocent behavior that these people were planning to engage in oh yeah <laughs> so uh, let me see here yeah, but yeah lion, lions had a good uh, good meal Lions uh, three, poachers zero. Yep. Yeah, I, I just hope they don't decide they're gonna have to hunt those lions down as man eaters now. That'll that'll suck. Hopefully not. Uh police spokesman spokesperson Captain Molly Govinder was unwilling to state on the record that the ball remains belong to wildlife poachers as the evidence must still be reviewed. <laughs> Wire cutters in a hunting rifle with a silencer. Oh, well, well, Adam, I, ha- I, 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 I have to tell you something. It's not really a silencer. It's only a suppressor. It's only suppress the sound so you don't scare your animals. See, you know, I'm sorry. I was just channeling my inner NRA nasty person. So It's fine. Mm-hmm. It is perfectly yeah. fine. Okay. Well, as I said uh, on Turn Up the Night last night, Joe uh, ended the show with this story. Uh, the lions had better silencers. Yes. Yes, they did. <laughs> Nature built. Pad, pad, pad. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, yeah. Congratulations, Lion. Thank you for your help in the battle against evil. Uh, here's another story. Next, ta- next time, look for uh, monogra- Trump monograms on the poachers. Yes. yes. Please do. Uh, next story. This is a pic- this is kind of pictorial. I'll put this in the in the chat. Uh, as soon as I find out, God damn it, Skype. There you go. Uh, you know, so honey badgers—they usually don't oh. give a fuck, right? Yeah. Right. So, hold on. I'm. I guess I'm gonna have to go in the into the chat and drop this this link off. Uh, I'll do it. Just keep going. Just just keep going. I'll I'll do it. Kenny knows the ADHD is strong in me. So, apparently, a honey badger was pixing, was pixing, picking a fight with a South African oryx, or gems buck as they're called, which is a fairly large antelope that can reach about 8 feet tall and weigh up to 240 kilos. That's 530 pounds, folks. Yeah, it's a big animal. Meanwhile, Honey Badger... I'm sorry, I just saw the pictures again. Honey Badger comes in at 30 inches tall. Oh, in length, I'm sorry. 30 inches tall and weighs up to 16 kilograms or 35 pounds. So... I guess that th- th- this honey badger was having a bad day. Maybe his wife wasn't putting out. I don't know. But he was picking a fight with this animal. And it hooked the honey ba- The oryx hooked the honey badger in between its horns and tossed it in the air. Hmm. And these pictures are just so funny. <laughs> honey badger don't give a shit. Yeah, as one might do. Yeah. Honey badger don't give a shit. 
Honey that... badger don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. But, uh... <laughs> those pi Are you seeing those pictures? Oh, yeah. You know what we need to do? We need to get Donald Trump in front of a green screen and Photoshop in some some honey badgers to, to go after him. <laughs> uh, I right. think that 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 should be the new uh, mic check radio uh, uh, show art. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to save that for future use. Which one? The last one or? It, does it have a baby honey badger under its on its undercarriage? <laughs> no. Maybe, maybe it's protecting its young. No. I think I, I think it's male. Yeah, those are balls. Okay. Well, that would explain it. <laughs> he has enormous he, balls. He's That's got he big does. balls. He. Uh, guys, he, unlike certain people in our political system, say the Republicans, he hasn't lost. You've them. lost your balls. <laughs> wow, those are big ones. Uh, well, mammals usually like that are usually uh, fairly um, uh, virile. Bulbous. Yeah, bulbous, <laughs> virile. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I, that, now, that, that, that's just as fun as the, the time I watched a giraffe kick the crap out of a lion that tried to attack it. So that was <laughs> quite entertaining as well. Yep. All right. Uh, here's another good one. This should be fun to talk about. There's actually a government plan to deal with the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> oh, oh thank good. God. I'll sleep better knowing that. <laughs> what government and Why? I would imagine it's Scotland. Uh, according to okay. BBC, a government-funded body called the Scottish Natural Heritage, SNH, <laughs> has prepared a partly serious, partly fun code of practice in case the creatures are found. It was created back in 2001 when Nessie fandom was particularly big. Nessie, Nessie fandom has been pretty big for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, well, we, we have our champ. Yeah. In Lake Champlain. So. Yeah, I know about Champy. Yep. Let's see here. Let's see if I can find any of these guidelines. Come on. Load. Uh, SNH. Snuh. Said it would dust off the plan if Nessie was discovered. The code of practice was dropped to offer protection to new species found in, in the lock including a monster. It stipulates that a DNA sample should be taken from any new creature and that it should be released back in the... Oh, yeah! Release it into the lock to continue its reign of terror. Good idea. That is a great plan! That... <laughs> I actually have... I actually have a news story that accompanies this if you want me to run it for you. Sure, but one second. Sounds like a really crappy sure. plan, but okay. Yes, sir. Here you go. This is CNN. Last week, Japanese scientists placed explosive detonators at the bottom of Lake Loch Ness to blow Nessie out of the water. Sir Court Godfrey of the Nessie Alliance summoned the help of Scotland's local wizards to cast a protective spell over the lake and its local residents and all those who seek for the peaceful existence of our underwater ally. 
is CNN. There you go. That's back when I hated CNN. <laughs> <laughs> now, come on. Wow. Yeah, that was we... when Don Lemon was asking if airplanes could disappear into a black hole. <laughs> They've CNN, gotten better. They've gotten CNN better. CNN always, always asking the tough questions. Yeah. Sorry. Oop, there goes my glass. All right. Uh, last science stack. Uh, and... <laughs> Yeah, boy. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have read the headline. Oh. <laughs> okay. I can do this. I'm a professional. No, we got one more after this. Uh, Uranus has experienced a colossal pounding. God damn it. Uranus is experiencing a colossal pounding. I can do this. As reported in the Astrophysical Journal, an international team used sophisticated simulations to reproduce what has been observed on the ice giant planet. After using, after using 50 different impact scenarios, they believe that Uranus was hit by an object roughly twice as massive as Earth, most likely made of rock and ice. This happened around 4 billion years ago when the solar system was still quite young. And they're thinking that this could be, that the this this could be an explanation for its tilt because it does have an unusual tilt on its axis. Oh, okay, that, yeah. So, our yes, findings confirm that most likely that the most likely outcome was that the young Uranus was involved in a cataclysmic collision with an object twice twice the mass of the Earth, if not larger knocking it on its side and setting in process the events that helped create the planet we see today. So, yep, apparently Uranus got a got a pretty big pounding. So, um Okay. That just yeah. sucked the oxygen right <laughs> out, of it, didn't it? Thanks, Egon. That's good. Yeah. <clears throat> No, it's just that the, the, the headline says it all in the worst possible way. <laughs> I think that was deliberate. Oh, here's another inappropriate headline. The Milky Way had a catastrophic encounter with the Sausage Galaxy. Oh, yeah? <laughs> all right, then. All right, I'm going to click. We'll get to the colossal drawing of a penis after this, but we got, uh, every we'll, we'll experience some will be minor, not change much. Some will be so big that they transform. Our own Milky Way has had its share of galactic encounters, and now researchers have found evidence of another one between ten and eight billion years ago. That is a long time, guys. I'm no expert, but ten billion years is a long time. Yes, a it is. dwarf. A dwarf galaxy had a full frontal collision, not collusion, Schittler, collision with the Milky Way. The small galaxy was destroyed, but its stars began orbiting our galaxy. Their orbits remained peculiar, remained peculiar, though, and that's how astronomers learned about the collision. 
by using the data from the European Space Agency's Gaia Telescope, which has studied over 1.7 billion... Wow! 1.7 billion stars. They tracked the motion of many stars and found that they used to belong to another galaxy. The collision ripped the dwarf galaxy to shreds, leaving its stars moving in very radial orbits that are long and narrow like needles. Uh, Vasily Belokurov of the University of Cambridge and the Center for Computational Astrophysics at the Flatiron Institute in New York City said in a statement, The Gaia data shows the stars moving very close to the center of the galaxy. This is a telltale sign that the dwarf galaxy came in on a really eccentric orbit and its fate was sealed. The peculiar orbits are also responsible for the nickname of the defunct dwarf galaxy. The team called it the Gaia Sausage because it definitely looks like a big sausage next to a galactic disc. Disc! Okay, disc! Wow. Alrighty then. <laughs> Gotta be careful how I say that because people might get the wrong idea. <laughs> what? Sausage isn't gonna give the wrong idea? <laughs> that, yeah, but. You know. All right, all right. This is it. This is it. Then we gotta go to gotta go to break. Colossal drawing of a penis that could be seen from orbit proves some humanity will never change. Awesome. <laughs> per the G Long advertiser, it appears that a rather sizable phallic drawing has appeared in the dry lake bed in Bellarine, a rural part of the state of Victoria. It's so large, it has been, in fact, it has been spotted on Google Maps where it is labeled the Aussie Wiener. Uh. Somebody was just having fun with GPS and, and How? probably like an ATV vehicle. I, 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 you know what? May, I mean, probably, but at the same time, that requires a lot of coordination. There are people that do crop circles that have a lot of coordination. <laughs> yeah, crop circles are very interesting. Yeah. So this is easy to do, especially in a dry lake bed in the middle of nowhere. All right, then prove it. It's easier to explain. It's just aliens did it. <laughs> okay, not, yeah. I am not. Little green men okay. came down and. Oh threw Jesus it out. Christ! I am not. <laughs> I am not the the ancient aliens guy who says everything was aliens. <laughs> I am just saying that someone. <laughs> It's in Australia, they, right? Yes. There were some mathematicians that were bored, went out and drank way too many fosters, and said, "We can do this." And they got on, on their ATVs. I guarantee. Yeah. Beer, yeah. I guarantee beer was involved. Yes. <laughs> Gonna draw a big dick up there. Yes. <laughs> Bonza. <laughs> okay. Sorry, you know, it's Australia. There are people out there that are just doing this stuff because they're bored. <laughs> we can we cannot prove conclusively it's modern in origin. Okay. <laughs> I want to believe, damn it. <laughs> Don't believe. Go ahead. I'm not going to stop you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> He's like Tinkerbell. You have to you have to believe in Adam or he'll wither away and die. Uh, we believe in him. We're just not going to believe in his crackpot <laughs> theories. <laughs> I, what crackpot theory? I am not saying it was made by aliens. 
But you said you could not determine the age of origin, and that made you sound like an ancient alien guy. But you can't! Now, if they show me a picture that was dated, like, a week ago that didn't have a giant penis on it, then we would know it's new. All right, fine. It's probably of modern origin. Happy? I'm just saying it probably had bored people and alcohol involved. Well, yes, that's the way way most of these stories go. Boredom and alcohol. (laughs) Got a whole big dick up there. Down on deck. Hey, mate, put a big dick up there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yep. Oh, We're, I know, oh, I I know if mature... I live someplace like in Ohio or, or anywhere in the, the grain belt, I'd be doing crop circles, too. So, you know. <laughs> I am a mature Gonna give it the business we are. <laughs> yes. Gonna give it the business. So that's I just am. their version of a crop circle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Some people do crop circles. Other people draw giant dicks. Yeah, well, hey. <laughs> but it uh, all depends on what gets the attention to the area. There you go. <laughs> well, it, but here's the thing: is that this isn't the first uh, we uh, we're late. But I mean, a long time ago, apparently, a giant man with a huge erection was carved into the chalk on the side of the hill in Dorset. Yeah, and it's maintained to this day. Well, if you yeah. would, Padre. Yeah, look at the I, Nazca lines. You know, you got spiders and and all sorts of critters out there. Anyway, all right. When we go back, so we're gonna have to confront the elephant in the room. Uh oh. Steve Ditko he... passed away last oh. night. Okay. So we'll talk about that short after we get back from break for the final hour here on Mike Check Radio. You're listening to Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert. The point I'm trying to make is that I am the most unpleasant, rude, ignorant, and all-round obnoxious arsehole that anyone could possibly have the misfortune to meet. Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert at Indie Media Weekly Radio. And now, on with the show. Attention, people of Earth. What's going Attention, on there? people of Earth. Do not be alarmed. Stand by for an important message. Stand by for an important message. And now, Mike Check Radio. With Adam Hebert. Oh, please let it be fantastic. Of course. Yes, yes, yes. It's rather good, isn't it? Hey, I'm just enjoying the show. Inconceivable. I can't take it anymore. There's no need for that attitude. Don't make me go to the larder and unseal a tin of whoop ass. We came, we saw, we kicked it there. How freaking cool is that shit? Great Scott. I reject the reality and substitute my own. Nice, right? I learned that one from you, guy. Bang it out. We are going live. Yeah. Feel free to hang around for a while. Oh, God, this makes me happy.
And we are back here for the final hour here on My Trek Radio. Join me as always on uh, the great city of Port St. Lucie, Florida, the Rogue DM Dungeon Master, Michelle Lagon. That is me. There, are you happy? What? Are you happy now? Well, this time, yes. Uh, all right, uh, and also joining us on the, it's a start, it's a start. Also joining us on Port St. Lucie, Florida, the GM Galaxy Master Miles Lagon. I can't believe you named Michelle before me. I just. Oh, and finally, out of Cleveland, Ohio, someone who I'm sure is not going to give me trouble, Kenny Pick. Oh, I wouldn't be so sure about that. No, it's fine. (laughs) (sighs) All right, get the giggles out now. We got some serious discussion to talk about. Let's do it. Uh, So I I don't know how else to say it. I'm not going to bury the lead. Steve Ditko died last night at age 90. Now... I'm sure if you follow comics, you know the name, but if you're just a casual guy, you might not. Um, Kenny, do you want to do this or should I? Uh, talk about Steve Ditko and his well, legacy? Or, or, or just say what he what he's known for. for well, now. he's most famous for uh, the final design of uh, the classic Spider-Man costume and arguably was just as much a storyteller in those early Spider-Man books as Stan Lee because of his composition and um, really just, he he just, he, he revolutionized the way just as much. uh, I wouldn't say just as much as Jack Kirby because Jack Kirby had a much longer career working on a lot more high profile things than Ditko Um, because Ditko didn't want, you know, he didn't really want the big, big fame like everybody. I mean, you can barely find pictures of this guy online. Uh, there's like, you know, like one old black and white photo. And then there was another, some recent photos um, that I saw where somebody actually sneaked into like a graduation party or something that uh, or some kind of party for a family member and and secretly took some pictures of Ditko in recent years. But but yeah, his his big claim to fame is, is Spider-Man. I have a special place in my heart form for the stuff he did with Charlton Comics, where he did the early Ted Cord Blue Beetle comics. He did uh, some of the Captain Adam comics and the Question. Oh, he created the Question, um, and uh, in those three characters right there, his if it wasn't for Charlton comics and what he did for those characters and making them a little more down to earth and kind of grim and gritty for the time, there would be no watchman. He was essentially the, the pre architect of the watchman before Alan Moore and um, Dave Gibbons uh, did the watchman series. Watchmen were originally supposed to be all those Charlton characters after DC acquired the rights to them when Charlton folded and sold off all their assets. But uh, DC said, well, you know what? Why don't you just go with pastiche characters from the Charlton universe and, you know, let us have the actual Charlton ones. That's why 
the question became Rorschach. Uh, Blue Beetle became Night Owl. Uh, Peacemaker became the comedian. Um, Captain Adam became Dr. Manhattan. Uh, Nightshade became Silk Spectre, so on and so on. So um, his, his legacy in comics is huge. Plus, he did other great characters for DC Comics. Uh, Shade, uh, Shade the Changing Man, also a huge favorite uh, of mine when I was a little kid. Really whacked out artwork in that comic book. Um, he, uh, uh, and, uh, the, but it, he did really strange, oddball characters. And, uh, but I would say he probably, he, I think he personally was, uh, um, I think Mr. A. Or, or, or no, Mr. E, I'm sorry, Mr. E <laughs> um, was his favorite character. And I think that was a backup in Charlton and I, that he created and continued on in his own publications down the road. So anyway, I, I could talk more, but I won't. So he also helped create Dr. Strange. Yes, yes, thank lot, you. You can, you, you can see a lot of that because Dr. Strange, even the comics is very psychedelic and you know, mm-hmm. reality, mind bending. And so that apparently that's kind of like his, his thing. Yeah. Dormammu, of course, was uh, uh, one of his Baron, Baron, Baron Mordo. Yep. Um, so all the he, core mythos. Yep. He also created squirrel girl. That's right. He did. Who is not a joke. She's actually pretty powerful. Oh, I was wrong. I was wrong. It is Mr. A. I was right the first time, Mr. A. Uh, but Mr. A, uh, the uh, this is the rub with Steve Ditko is is he was he was a Randian objectivist, mm. and Mr. A was his um, you know it, it just total you know the you know there's a, a classic caption. It's like it's either one or the other. Take your choice, and it says good or evil. So, you know, it, it was the, you know, entirely black or entirely white choices that, you know, the, the stories were about. No gray areas. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's kind of sad, but he had a good run and he was, he was doing independent comics up until the very end. Uh, so. Yeah, uh, it did seem like Stan Lee did take advantage of his, uh, his nature, so. That doesn't surprise me at all, though. Well, supposedly the reason yeah, why and... he... Oh, sorry. No, continue. One of the reasons that, that he may have left is he just didn't like the fact that Stan Lee was, you know, leaning a bit too heavily on him. Like, you know... Um, damn it. Just, you know, too much oversight. That's one possible mm-hmm. reason. They've never said exactly why. Well, didn't no. didn't um, wasn't the the the, the, the Ditko, wasn't he more of an introvert? And Stanley is yes. very much an extrovert, so that could have been a big conflict. Oh, some uh, some other noted, but yeah, you're definitely right on that, Rain. But uh, some other uh, Rain, I'm sorry, <laughs> Michelle. It's okay. Um, but uh, but uh, some other notable characters he created for DC were Hawk and Dove. Who, oh, there's cool. a new TV series. There's a new TV series coming out. Of course, again with that kind of black and white War and Peace, you know, kind of thing. Uh, the Creeper, classic character, uh, uh, and uh, he created the '70s version of Starman, uh, which was really cool. And um, 
and some other minor characters like Stalker, um, which was kind of a sword and sandal comic book. Uh, but yeah, he did, um, you know, uh, yeah, I, I um, and, and the, the, uh, there's a, a bit of controversy with Spider-Man, um, because apparently, uh, Jack Kirby said he created the, the, the costume, he created the character, um, and apparently there's some kind of artwork out there that looks like he had drawn the original cover that of that amazing fantasy uh, where Spider-Man premiered, but Ditko went in and refined the character because apparently Kirby made him too big and chunky, you know, and, and Stanley and Ditko wanted him to be more lithe. Right. So um, there, there was a bit of controversy around who really created that design, but for the most part, Ditko was the one who cemented it, you know? But yeah, uh, you know his his contribution to comics can't be overstated. I mean, like I said, he 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 made you know he created you know he helped create Spider Man. He created some of their mo- his, his most iconic villains. Same thing with Doctor Strange. And it's just mm-hmm. it's sad to see go. Read... But like like I said, ninety is a good age. Yeah, but did I read right? They didn't find him for two days. He had been laying in his apartment dead for two days before the police found him. Uh, that wasn't the well. As, as much sad. of it, as much of an introvert as he was, it, yeah. it probably wasn't a surprise for him to be, you know, yeah, not heard of for a while. Yeah, that's kind of that. It makes me sad. Understood. Did he have much of a family, or was it was he just by himself? Um. I don't know if he had much of a family or not. Um, well, uh, let me see if there's anything about his personal life. Uh, says he had an um, a nephew who became an artist, also named Steve Ditko. As far as was known, he never married and had no surviving children at the time of his, of his death. Oh, okay. uh, Will Will Eisner Will Eisner stated that Ditko had a son out of wedlock. But this is, may have been confused um, reference to his nephew. Okay. Yeah, it's just kind of sad, though. You know, somebody that was, you know, had that much talent and just fades away at 90, and then there's nobody to find him until, you know, I guess the neighbors started questioning or yeah. something. Un- unfortunately, yeah. I would wager that's not terribly uncommon. Yeah, it's, it's still a sad thing, though. Well, yeah. It makes me but he had a good run, and history will remember him kindly for his contributions. He, he said, well, yeah. you know, he does have surviving children in his work, at least. Yeah, I, yes. I do love the the catalog of his work. That's that you know he made some pretty cool characters, and I do like Hawk and Dove. So. Oh yeah. Those are yeah. classic designs. I love those costume costumes. Yeah, and I love the characters' interactions. So. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so. But yeah, it's it's sad. But like I said, ninety years old, and his he he is basically immortal. Yeah, I mean, as long as people remember him. Yep. Yeah. 
So, just so we can get this on the docket for next week, we're gonna, we're gonna try and shoot for for Ant Man and the Wasp. So, Miles and Michelle, if you can go see it, if you get a chance, we will let do me our know. best. You know, if you can't, we will put it off. We'll put it off. That's so that's not a problem. But uh, I enjoyed it. I loved it. I haven't. I, I I would say it is probably the funniest Marvel movie. Oh wow, that's high praise. Including Deadpool. Well, Deadpool isn't Marvel; it's Fox. Okay, but I'm saying Marvel okay. Studios. Marvel. Okay, Studios. Marvel Studios. I, I I'll argue that I think I had more laughs during uh, Thor Ragnarok. Thor I, was amazing, and I'm telling you this, I, I, Kenny. You know I said this before. I'm going to say it again. If Marvel lets Chris Hemsworth go after how great Thor Ragnarok was, they're stupid. Well, it depends on what he wants to do. Uh, I, I think they'll probably pay him uh, what he wants. I don't think that they would be foolish enough to just let him slip through their fingers. I mean, I, I would at least like one more Thor movie with Taika Waititi at the helm. He was. He well, was a, I think he they know they're. Choice. Yeah. Well, they might give him. You know. Uh, you know. I, I, another thing too is I think I'm going to make a prediction. Okay. Is that I think we might we might uh, I'm hoping I'm hoping because of what they did with Ant Man instead of making Ant Man two, they made it Ant Man and the Wasp. They did Thor Ragnarok, you know, which was essentially Thor and the Hulk. Yeah. Uh, you know, much more Thor, but you know. But I, I, I think, I hope that if they see the success of these, you know, basic team up movies, that they'll start doing team up movies. You know, like straight up, like, you know, Hulk and Thor, or you know, or you know, sorry, I just said that. You know, uh, maybe you know Black Widow and Hawkeye, or you know, but all, although they should just get Black Widow her own movie because I want to see it. Well, yeah. supposedly they've but, already they've greenlit the movie. Yeah, it, it, you know I'm, I. But I, I'll, I'll believe it when I see when I see the trailer. Fair enough, I, I can understand that. Speaking of, we should have an Aquaman trailer coming soon, which I think is going to be talk to fish, right? <laughs> I think it's going to be a make or break moment. I mean, don't get me wrong. Considering considering that uh, Wonder Woman turned out pretty good, and I like the direction they're going with the character in the movies. Mm-hmm. I'll probably go to watch it, but I think that a lot of the perception about this movie will be shaped by the first trailer. Yeah. Because, I mean, think about, like, we knew the Avengers was going to be good before they did the, even before, remember that first sizzle reel, you know, some of some assembly required? We knew Avengers was going to be great because the first, the movies leading up to it were, were great. It's not much of a track yeah. record for, for, for Aquaman as a movie here you know movie character so mm-hmm. yeah i'm hoping they, james yes they're using the best aquaman possible the more grittier the more you know yeah, he's the warrior he's, king. He, yeah the the anti-social fuck everybody because you screwed me over warrior king and that makes a really cool uh aquaman yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree, um, and I think the casting, like I said, I did not like Justice League at all. It, it was and, and, what? Did, did you notice, Adam? The word I used, I used the word you wanted me to use. So what? I used the F word. 
How bad? You say I don't swear enough, so I say oh, fuck right. everything. Oh, man. Oh, okay. So, yeah. I'm so, well, think? Remember, I, I deserve a blue ribbon. Yes, you get you a blue ribbon. Just, <laughs> just remember that I have been off my Ritalin for six hours. Okay? Ah. So my attention is not where it need, where it should be. Bad Adam. <laughs> I, it's not something I can help. I can only take I can only take it once a day, and work is kind no. of the priority. Yep. So, but yeah, I think we're going to be getting a, uh, we may even get a sizzle reel from Captain Marvel out of Con- San Diego Comic-Con, Kenny. Yeah, um, I'm, a, I'm hoping. I, I'm honestly surprised they haven't released anything yet. But we'll see. Yeah, I, I, I'm excited. I, I, I'm, I'm really excited about, uh. The Captain Marvel movie, especially now after seeing uh, Ant-Man and Wasp. And please, everybody, go see this movie. It's so fun. It was such a it was such a breath of fresh air to go see a movie that did have so many laughs, but had a really good story and a very strong female lead. And uh, man, Wasp! <laughs> I just want to say this: she kicks ass. This, oh yeah, I, I, I didn't. I mean. The fight scenes, holy shit! Oh man, and don't I get would, me wrong. Scott Lang away. had some. Scott Lang had some great stuff too, but it, his stuff was an action. It was. I'm it was, just gonna take a five minute nap now. Um, I have to go AFK real quick. I heard some crashing. Okay, Loki's Loki's at it again. Yes, he does. And, and I will say this before we go to break. Um. I, I think that Ghost was a great villain. Um, yeah. And, and it's it's time, it's, you know, Marvel needs to start looking to the future without Loki as a villain crutch. I'm sorry, it's the truth. And uh, oh, Ghost and Ghost was a good start. And I'll tell you what, I got a crush on Hannah John Kamen now, too. Oh my god, she <laughs> is beautiful. She's gorgeous. Oh, yes. And a brilliant actress. Oh yes, like I said, the uh, it was a really great. Uh, re- she she was really great as the, as I don't even want to say villain antagonist. Villain is too mm-hmm. negative, and antagonist is more literary. Well, and and uh, um, oh god, why can't I remember Lawrence Fishburne as Bill Foster was pretty fucking awesome too. Yes. Crossing the streams there, Lawrence. I saw that. But, no, I mean, and he wanted this role. He he was mm-hmm. very vocal about saying he wanted this role. So, yeah, go see Ant-Man and the Wasp. For the love of God, go see Ant-Man and the Wasp. So. Okay, I am back. It's not Everything. as bad as it could have been. Oh, did he destroy another countertop? He, he was on the countertop, and it looks like him and Immature were uh, chasing each other around, and he just knocked a bottle opener that hit the tile floor and skittered across. So. I pro- I'm sure he's going to grow out of this. Yeah. It was a metal bottle opener, so it just sounded loud against the tile. That's all. I'm just saying, oh, I'm yeah. sure he's going to grow out of this phase. He it's will. Just... He will. But it's going to take about another five months or so. So, yeah, we're, we're it's for some rocky times. 
It's like raising a child. I'm, t- I'm told. Not that I know anything about raising children. Yes, but a lot quicker. They I, grow I out of it a lot faster. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't raise an earthworm. Kenny knows this. Oh, whoa, whoa. Fireworks. Impossible. Yeah, we're going to be getting them here soon, too. Yeah, we, we've got we've had them here for a while. Yeah, they're 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 still. I don't know where they get the money to do the shit, but I know okay. it's like give it give it a rest. The Fourth of July was three days ago. Yes, I know they don't care. I work for a living. God damn it. We all do. Right. <laughs> yeah. Kitty Mama is at an actual career. That's not sarcasm, Michelle. I'm being quite serious. Yeah, it is. And I also do housework. I do laundry. I do dishes. Well, yeah. I clean the floor. I housework just make... is a career. I just <laughs> want to make clear. I wasn't like discounting what you do. I wanted to make that clear. No, I understand. Trust me. Our little furball, Mikun, Miko, causes a lot of trouble, too. Dad's like, do not let our cat out. It's like, he's not gonna want to go out when it's raining. He'll try. He'll try and get out tomorrow, probably if it's not raining. He he's he usually does this shit when mom decides to to not be around. He wants the attention. All right, we're gonna go yeah, to break. Uh, yeah, our, ours have a really large patio to prowl around. They can watch the squirrels. They can watch the birds. They can climb the screens. So, yep, squirrel. Yeah, that's we leave a window open for the cats in the den, which might explain why my room is always so goddamn hot. But because Dad feels bad for the cat, so they just sit there. It's like Miko is sitting, a king, sitting on his throne, surveying his dom- domain. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll be right back after this for the final segment here on uh, Mike Check Radio. You're listening to Mike Check Radio with Adam Heber. Try to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total protonic reversal. Mike Check Radio with Adam Heber at Indie Media Weekly Radio.
Hi, this is Tim Coromall from The Tim Coromall Show, and you are listening to IndieMediaWeekly.com. Extraterrestrial radio, all the power without the tower. Hey, I'm Rick Beatty. And I'm Nick Sadler. And I am Jody Hamilton. We are from the bunker. So we do a one-hour weekly podcast. Where we get to speak our mind about stuff from a liberal perspective. We will be on Indie Media Weekly Saturdays at 5 p.m. Eastern. We are so excited. If you don't have any right-wing friends, you'll feel at home with us. From the bunker. With Jody Hamilton. Nick Sadler. And Richard Beatty. On Indie Media Weekly Saturdays at 5 p.m. Eastern. This is metal aficionado Kenny Pick. Every weekday from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern, it's... Gods and Monsters. Gods of Metal and Monsters of Rock, right here on Indie Media Weekly. Brace yourselves for two big hours of hard rock and heavy metal, selected from my own personal music vault. You'll hear classics from the extended family trees of Black Sabbath, Deep Purple, and Kiss, heavy metal standards like Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, and Dio. You'll get a heap and helping of power metal, speed metal, thrash, melodic, glam, you name it, it's here. 
except death metal and new metal. I do not like that stuff. You'll hear guitar virtuosos and shredders from the Leviathan and Shrapnel Records catalogs. Rare gems from the new wave of British heavy metal. Some guilty pleasures in the form of 80s hair metal. And rock and metal from around the globe. Gods and Monsters. Every weekday from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly. Well, hello there. This is Kenny Pick. Thanks for listening to Indie Media Weekly. Be sure to check out my show, Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick, live every Tuesday and Friday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly. For those who dare. You're listening to Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert. Superpowers, got any? Well, um, I can eat my own weight in ding-dongs. Uh, I can turn red traffic lights green just by staring at them. And I can do an oil painting with my butt. That's enough to get you on this show. Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert at Indie Media Weekly Radio. And we are back for our final segment here on Mike Check Radio. And I am joined by companions who have their own superpowers. To wit, out of Port St. Lucie, Florida, Miles Lagan, who can bait me with expert precision, or as I like to call it, unlimited bait works. Yes, my button pushing, pushing skills are he just is a <laughs> Yes, he is a button pushing god. And also joining us out of Port St. Lucie, Florida, the rogue DM, Michelle Lagan, whose superpower is being an awesome kitty mummy and home taker, home caretaker, whatever. <laughs> yes, yes, that is me. And I'm also a pretty cool DM. Yes, you are right? an awesome DM. Right? Yes. Okay, just making sure. Help, 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 help. <laughs> and finally, out of Cleveland, Ohio... Who is just his superpowers being just so awesome towards me, Mr. Kenny Pick. Mr. Kenny Uh-oh. Pick. I think he said he needed a, mi- a minute. Oh, well, damn. Oh, okay. But he is awesome towards you. So. Yes, he is. He is, in fact, quite awesome towards me. He follows the commandment from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure Be awesome. Yes. Be awesome to each other. No, be excellent to each other, isn't it? I need to watch. Yeah, that be movie excellent. Again. Yeah, Bill says excellent adventure. Actually, have that soundtrack. Believe it or not. I believe it. I, I own it. So hey. I believe it. Uh, Kenny, are you back, sir? It's just fascinating radio. No, it's okay. No, well, well, then we talk about something else. Well, yes, let's talk about this. Uh, I'd like to wish a very happy birthday to a woman who helped shape my childhood. One of the most premier voice actresses currently active. The voice of Penny from Inspector Gadget. Kida from Atlantis The Lost Empire. Max from Batman Beyond. She has been all over the place. Happy birthday to Cree Summer. Congrats. Happy, happy a joyous, birth- a joyous year mark to her. Yes, a joyous year mark. Yeah. Happy birthday. 
You've earned it. Thank you for all the fond memories. I, I, you know, because, I mean, like I said, that's my childhood. You know, like I said, Penny from Inspector Gadget, Max from Batman mm-hmm. Beyond. Oh, I shouldn't have had the spinach dip. <laughs> no. <laughs> now that's great radio. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I'm back, everybody. Welcome back. You doing okay, buddy? Uh, I'll just say I'm in a little bit of pain, but, <laughs> but <laughs> that's all. Medic! Medic! Yeah, but spinach chip can be so yummy, and it does make it make it hard. Well, I add a lot of hot sauce too. And... Oh, okay. <laughs> well, there's your problem. No, the spinach dip helped. anywho yes i was just wishing uh voice actress cree summer a very happy birthday i got i heard so i didn't i didn't want to interrupt oh okay well thank you oh more fireworks yeah so if you're if you're in little baghdad kenny where am i little because can you guys hear it in the background um, I don't know. Take your uh, pick. Uh, little, uh, all I know is that we're in Ethiopia. South, so Kabul. Yeah. Kabul. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is going to be the like I said, final segment here. Uh, we're going to do an impromptu. Um. Uh. What's the, 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 the myth information? Because it has come to my attention that today is the start of Tanabata. In Japan, which is a pretty big, uh, important festival. So, one of the, I, first of all, I want to say thank you, Erica Ishii, for bringing this to my attention. Voice actress Erica Ishii, also host of uh, Gather Your Party, which got canceled. Boo, Geek and Sundry, boo! I'm going to mute my mic for a bit because there are some really stupid people outside right now, so. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So. Uh, Tanabata is one of the bi- uh, big festivals in Japan. There's a, there's also uh, Obun, which is about remembrance of the the ancestors. If you watched Kubo in the two in the two strings, um, what Kubo does in the in the beginning of the film, that's Obun. Uh, Tanabata is different, um, and it literally means evening of the seventh, which is today, uh, and it's also known as the Star Festival. Uh, and it celebrates the meeting of the deities Orihime and Hikaboshi, which are represented by the stars Vega and Altair. So, um, for, so some real quick history. Uh, it was first introduced to Japan by the Empress Koken in 755. This would be the Heian period of Japanese history when the imperial capital was located in Heian, which was the ancient name for what is now Kyoto. Um, so, they're probably celebrating a lot, you know, celebrating a lot in Kyoto. Um, it originally came from a Chinese festival, which I I cannot pronounce Chinese words, believe it or not. Chinese and Japanese are two completely different languages. Additional Mm -hmm. knowledge acquired. 
Uh, and as I mentioned, it was adopted by the Kyoto uh, during the the uh, Heian period in Kyoto, um, and it really gained widespread um, popularity in the, among the general public during the early Edo period or uh, the Tokugawa period. This was back. This was during the uh, after the Sengoku period, which is when Japan was you know like a bunch of little countries fighting amongst each other and then along comes tokugawa who unifies the country piggybacking on the hard work of oda nobunaga thank you very much <laughs> and um it's it's during this period that you see the foundations for modern japan become laid because this is when uh japan or the end of period is when japan starts to become more urban at one point um Edo, which is what Tokyo was called back then, was the largest city in the world in terms of population. So, you know, Edo was, even though the shogun was the head of the country at the time, Edo is mostly when you begin to see the lower people start to flourish and start, you know, you see start to see, like, development of common culture, you know, like, uh, you know, kabuki is, u- kabuki is usually reserved for, like, the upper classes and then of course during the ghetto you get um uh whole um like common you know commoner stuff so anyway um it did become a little mixed with oban uh because it's traditionally held on the 15th day of the seventh month that is july 15th and there are some interesting traditions uh, it varies from region to region because remember Japan was not always a single country, uh, but uh, generally girls, what you do is you write a wish on a piece of paper and you put it in a tree, and girls would usually wish for better sewing and craftsmanship skills, and boys would wish for better handwriting, and you would write on this sh- sh- this sheet of paper, I wish for better handwriting. And then you would put it in a tree. And when this started, the tradition, the custom was that you would use, to make your ink, you would use dew that was left on taro leaves to create your ink to write these wishes. Hmm. So, anyway. Uh, and as time passed on, um... Obon and Tanabata actually kind of separated into two distinct festivals, with Obon now uh, now celebrated on August 15th instead of July 15th. So uh, the name Tanabata is based on the Japanese reading of the Chinese characters for uh, seven and... That's too small. My, my 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 that writing is too small. It gives me a headache. Um, which used to be read as Shichiseki. Um, and and it, this this festival is also based on a myth, which is why I'm filing this under uh, myth information. And the story is the cowherd and the weaver girl, which. Uh, subversions were included in a book called the Manyoshu, 
which is the oldest collection of Japanese waka poetry that is still in existence. I've actually had to read some of the Manyoshu in my in my literature classes. It, it's a very, very important piece of Japanese literature. Uh, so the story is, of course, it's was a it, myth. Was that, writ- was that written by the ancient uh, Japanese writer Fazi, the waka poetry? <laughs> uh, it was written by a bunch of them, actually. We will have to talk about the Manyoshu. It's very interesting because it's org. Like, it's organized by topic, so there's, like, a section based on spring poems and autumn poems, and it's very interesting stuff. But anyway, the myth of the cowherd and the weevil girl. Of course, like I said, this is a myth, so there are more than one version of this, of course, but the most popular version is this. So, Orihime, which is Japanese for weaving princess, was the daughter of Tente, Sky King. And she would weave beautiful clothes by the bank of the Amanogawa, which is the which literally in Japanese is the river of heaven, heavenly river, but it's usually considered to be the Milky Way. And her father really liked what she did, and so she worked very hard on it every day to weave. But she was also sad because of her hard work, she could never meet someone and fall in love. And so Tente, who like you know loved his daughter's weaving, but was also concerned about his daughter, arranged for her to meet Hikoboshi, which is literally which uh, it's the it refers to a specific star, the cowman or cowherd star, but it's also boy star. And he's also referred to as Kengyu, and he worked and he lived and worked on the other side of the Amanogawa. And when they met, they instantly fell in love and married. Kind of remember when we talked about uh, the story of Susano and Kushinari uh, Hime Kenny. Mm-hmm. Whirlwind romance seems to be very a, a very popular motif in, in mythology in Japanese mythology as well. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so they fell in love. They got married. And they were very happy, but once. That they were married. Once they were married, Orihime would no longer weave cloth for Tente, and Hikoboshi, the naughty boy, allowed his cows to stray all over heaven. And so Tente separated two lovers across the Milky Way galaxy and said, "You, you're done. You're broken up. Get back the weaving woman." I I hope people realize I'm I'm not like that. Doesn't reflect my actual attitude towards women. No. Yes. It is just, fine. <laughs> just making sure. Just making sure. So, yeah. Uh, and he forbade them to meet, and so Orihime got depressed, and she begged Tente to let them meet, and of course Tente, he's not a heartless bastard. So he says they can meet on the seventh day of the seventh month, which is today, if she worked hard and finished her weaving. However, the first time they tried to meet, they found that they could not cross the river, the Milky Way, because there was no bridge. Orihime cried so hard that a flock of magpies came and promised to make a bridge with their wings so that she could cross the river. And a popular legend says that if it rains on Tanabata, the magpies cannot come because of the rise of the river, and the two lovers must wait until next year to meet. 
And so the if it rains on this day, the rain is called the tears of Orihime and Hikoboshi. Very nice. Cool. So nice. Uh, very interesting story. So, like I said, other you know the customs are you know like I said you would you would basically write a wish on a piece of paper, usually in the form of poetry called tanzoku, uh, uh, and, and uh, it's the paper is called tanzoku, and then you would hang them in bamboo or some uh, you know sometimes with other decorations, but it would be a display called a wish tree. I've okay. seen then, this in a mo- I've seen that in a movie before. I'm sure it's a very popular motif, but you, it's also common for because you'll go to a Shinto shrine, you might get a fortune, and mm-hmm. you might leave the fortune in a tree. You tie tie the paper in a tree for someone else. That's also a popular motif in in like anime. So that could also be what you've seen. But I, you know, you if it's very colorful. It's probably Tanabata. It's probably a Tanabata wish tree. Okay. Um, and there is also a traditional Tanabata song. The bamboo leaves rustle, cool. shaking away in the leaves. The songs, the star, the songs, the stars twinkle on the gold and silver grains of sand. The five colored paper strips I have already written. The stars twinkle. And there they will watch us. Okay. So, but if you really want to go to a, a large scale Tanabata festival, there's there's a big one in Sendai, from uh, on August sixth to the eighth, um, in the Kanto area, which is like the big plain where where Japanese civilization started to you know really started to grow. Um. Two large Tanabata festivals are in Hiratsuka and Kanagawa. They're probably happening right now as we speak. And in Asagaya, Tokyo. Of course. Yes. So, and all uh, uh, other stuff that you'll, you'll see. There, there are st- stalls that sell food. There are carnival games. Like in, a, in an episode of Sailor Moon, there was... Um, I, they were. I now that I look back on this episode, I'm pretty sure they were doing Tanabata. They were cap. They were trying to catch goldfish using paper scoops. You'll, you, they'll do that. Um. So of course you you uh, you know outdoor games, carnival games, very festive atmosphere, and uh, Tokyo Disneyland actually often celebrates the Tanabata Festival featuring a greeting parade with Minnie Mouse is Orihime and Mickey Mouse is Hikoboshi. Oh. So there you Fun. go. Fun. Happy Tanabata, everybody. Yes. Happy Tanabata, Adam. Thank you. So there you go. Ooh. Oh, hey, there's actually a, a famous note play set during the Tanabata Festival. I may have to I may have to read this. No, no, I will say this, no theater, and like I said, no theater, Kabuki are kind of like the upper class plays. They're very difficult to follow because especially no theater. No theater is very slow. The movements are all very deliberate. And I'm going to be honest, it can get boring. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, well, Kabuki like a- can be boring if you if you don't know how to keep track of it. Yeah, but oh. Kabuki yeah. is a lot more flamboyant because Kabuki. Yeah, but is- it's because of the noise, though the noise and and the movements. But it's still very hard to follow. Oh well, yeah, but I'm just saying that Kabuki started as, and I I mixed up Kabuki and No. Stupid me. I'm sorry. Uh, but no theater is pretty much the upper class, and Kabuki kind of started as a co- form of common entertainment. Um, and actually, this gives me an opportunity to share uh, something from Mystery Science Theater because they did a sketch about no theater uh, a long time ago. <laughs> Michelle, do you know you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Yes, I do. I remember okay. it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no theater, uh, I I always love this. This is from one, this is from one of my favorite episodes. Um, Kenny, you've seen The Prince of Space before, right? Uh, yeah. With Crankor. This is from, like, the sole sequel to that, because it's basically the same movie, just with different characters, called, the English version was, um, Invasion of Neptune Men, in which men from Neptune invaded... Japan. Um, as they do. Yeah, yep. as they do. Yeah. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, to to before we get to parting shots, I give you the no theater sketch. Hello and konnichiwa. Tonight we present a traditional Japanese kabuki play. Translated to English, this ancient work is entitled Neil Simon's The Sunshine Boy. Now, how many of you are familiar with Japanese theater? Anyone want to feel this one? Or, uh... Ah, yes, sir. And do you enjoy kabuki theater? Uh, actually, I prefer no theater. Well, then why did you raise your hand? Because I like no theater. No plays are my favorite. So you don't like any theater at all? (laughs) No, let me explain. No theater is classic Japanese drama. No plays have been produced since the 13th century, and no actors are revered, even today. (laughs) Why are you dissing Japanese theater? What's your deal, man? (laughs) No, no, wait a minute. No theater started in Japan. Oh, so now you tell us Japan doesn't have any theater whatsoever. Uh, They have lots of theater, including no theater. So they have lots of theater, and they have no theater. Exactly. What? No theater? Yes. What? What? No theater. N-O-H. N-O-H, huh? Well, there, you just gone and shown what it is you are. I'll I'll handle this, Tom. (laughs) Calm down. Mike, I'm going to ask you a series of simple questions which even a cretin like you could answer yes or no. Now, is there theater in Japan? Yes. Good. And do you have a particular favorite type of Japanese theater? Yes. Well, good. Now we're getting somewhere. (laughs) Mike, will you tell me the name of your favorite form of Japanese theater? No. Why not? Why not what? And why won't you tell me your favorite Japanese theater? I just did. Did what? Told you my favorite form of Japanese theater. You did? Yes. Well, will you tell me again? Yes. No. Oh, come on! Mike, I'm gonna grab a stepladder so you can jump up my butt. May we do our little kabuki play now? Yeah. Go ahead, but remember, I like no theater more than I like kabuki theater. I thought you didn't like kabuki! I do! <laughs> you got a mess. <laughs> I like no theater more than I like kabuki theater. <laughs> ah, stupid stuff. Japanese puns. <laughs> it, it, it's a, it's a, it's actually a really great uh, play on the who's on first and all that. Who's on first? Thing. Exactly. Yep. Amazing. I don't know. For third base. <laughs> third base. <yes. laughs> I don't give a damn. Sure stop. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So 
you know, if you're if you might be interested in checking out Tanabata, you know, if you and you live near a a large city, maybe you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure Seattle has a Tanabata festival. I am in Florida. There is no such thing anywhere nearby here. Although I do have bamboo in my front yard, so I could make my own. There we go. Yeah, you can make a wish tree. All right. I want to make a shishi doshi. I've heard that word before. I'm just trying to remember what it is. It's the it's the little bamboo stream thing that makes that little thunk thunk sound. Ah, right, right. The deer scare. So it was in like the Pekil Bill when she was fighting the Katana fight with uh, Lucy Liu's character. Oh, the okay, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. They, they, it's like a a little fountain thing, yeah, yeah, yes. the, the 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 bird, kind of like the bird thing. The deer scarer. Yes. Oh, that is what. Oh my God, I can't believe I didn't know that. That is literally what that means. Bamboo or uh, deer scare. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> no, but I'm saying shishi. Shishi is yeah, shishi. Japanese for for deer. Cool. I f- I wow. Just, I should have said deer scare right off the top rather than just you know let you. But I it. the thing is that I didn't know that's what those were for. I always thought they were just a garden decorate, you know, decorator. You know, I didn't know that their purpose was to scare deer. Yep. Oh, Sensei is probably going to kill me when she finds out. I didn't know. <laughs> we better get off the air before she ca- she finds this out. All right. Parting shots. Mr. Uh, Michelle, what do you got for us? Um, I don't have much. All I can say is just vote, vote, vote. If you don't, you know, if you vote and you know somebody that doesn't, convince them to vote and if you vote and you don't know anybody that doesn't vote find somebody that doesn't vote and make them vote I don't care if, what how they vote just get them out and vote yeah that's all I can say vote damn you alright Miles what do you got for us uh, I'll just say um, don't let depression get to you you know, we've, we've had some, some losses here. And uh, look, just hang on. Don't give in. Things are going to get worse before they get better. But they will get better. Because the alternative is really <laughs> unacceptable. <laughs> so just hang on. You know, Mueller, I, I believe Mueller is going to start making some waves. and uh, I'm looking forward to November. So hang on. Hang on, everybody. Fair enough. All right, Kenny Pick, what do you got for us on the way out, sir? Uh, well, I'm doing some research for uh, the sci-fi double feature this weekend. I uh, found at least two um, Harlan Ellison uh, radio adaptations that we'll uh, have up for tomorrow. I'm working on finding some more. See okay, what cool. I can find for everybody. Uh, so I know there's one Mindwebs, and then I think... I can't remember what the other one is off the top of my head, but I'll find it for, for everybody and have that loaded up. Not exactly sure what's happening on Tuesday for Turn Up the Night, but uh, rumor has it Joe Santorza is definitely working on the last will and testament. Uh, I'm sorry, he's a- acquiring copies of the last will and testament of Rupee Rat. 
<laughs> yes. Yeah, that was that, that was a so. Yeah, that's poor, amazing. Poor Rupee Rat. Yes, the continuing saga. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's really all I have. Um, hope everybody enjoys the rest of their weekend. Don't uh, let the fireworks drive you crazy, and uh, be safe. Yep, be safe. Uh, he... shit. <laughs> uh, we want. La- I launched the new version of the bento box today. So basically, what I did was. Instead of having it all drawn from one master, one big master list, I sorted it all. Well, most of my music, I've got like 250 songs to go. <laughs> but I sorted well, out into, all? huh? That's it. 250 songs left out of 1,700. Not bad. So basically, instead of like, instead of drawing from one big master list, it's going to take like two songs from my anime list, two songs from my movie list, two songs from my mainstream list, two songs from my video game list, and it will repeat that pattern until the broadcast starts. There you go. So there, there you go. And don't forget Midnight Sun tonight. I'll be doing requests. I don't have a theme in mind yet, so... But uh, that's it for us. Everyone have a great week. Uh, we need to see. We need to see when John's gonna make his next appearance. We know. We know you're gonna be off on the twenty first, right, Kenny? Definitely. And I will be taking over the network for that weekend to make sure Kenny can enjoy his anniversary. Woot woot! Thank you. So congrats, assume, Kenny. Assuming my my Thank you, bosses don't screw up my leave request which they've been wanted which they've done before yeah. so anyway midnight sun tonight midnight uh I, I can't think of anything else southern request revival tomorrow 7 p.m eastern and uh we'll see you in the funny papers everyone have a great week and goodbye Time for go to bed. Aye, it is late. Shall we retire? Goodbye, my friends. Goodbye to you all. I'll never forget you. Live in peace. Goodbye, all. Stay happy and good luck. On our way to great adventures. Get out of here. Disgusting worm. Push the button, Frank. I'll get you next time, Gadget. Next time. Visitors, thank you for your attendance.